Hello, and welcome to the Chompcast. We have a small point of order to bring to your attention before we get right into the episode. There were technical difficulties at the beginning of the episode related to microphones and their state of plugged inedness resulting in uh, missing audio for a one Morgan Barnes. Uh, His role will be performed during the introduction of this episode by myself, Joshua Fowler. Uh, And he will be along uh, about 15 minutes in to host the remainder of the podcast. We hope you enjoy the performance and uh, the entire show. G.I. Joe! <laughs> Josh has never fucked me up like that before. A real Thank American you. hero. G.I. <laughs> Joe! You are listening to the Chomp Cast, the official podcast of Chomp and SwordChomp.com. You can have the third one in there. We know life is Go precious. <laughs> and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully we can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. The Chompcast gives you double life experience points. Every show is streaming and downloadable at Joe. swordchomp.com. And of course, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, you name it. If you subscribe to us, it really helps us rise up the charts and meet a bigger audience. Uh, if you like the show, just take a second, pause the show, leave a rating, subscribe. It means the world to us. And if you really enjoy this show, later on, go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. There's a lot of good ways to become a swordchomp VIP. Pac-Man, Mario, Sonic, that S-shaped block in Tetris. Just some of the characters in the pantheon of video game icons. Whether they're hoarding wumpa fruit or teabagging their way across Blood Gulch, these characters leave larger-than-life impressions on our tiny gaming hearts. This week, we discuss new characters from the past five years that you, the listeners, voted to be iconic over on the Sword Chomp Instagram page. We also have a ton of video games we've each been playing to get into, like Banjo-Kazooie, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Animal Crossing Earth Day update for all the people who have still been chipping away at Animal Crossing. Dirge of Cerberus? Wonder Boy in Monster World. I talked to Shay, it's a real game. And God knows what else. We've got so much to catch up on after all the Final Fantasy VII talk last week. Uh, so let's get crackalackin', shall we? Live, uh, for now. From COVID, Ground Zero in New York, it's Rich Meister. Uh, uh, I say, it feels good to be down here on the ground. Patient Zero, baby. Are you uh, an anime icon? Would you say that? Uh, I'm an anime expert. I don't know about icon. Alright, how do we get you to be an icon? I think I I would have to be in an anime. I think I would have to be anime. Might help. That's true. I don't know. We'll have to see how much it costs to get those eyes enlarged. I'm like, <laughs> if somebody asked me to like, are you an anime icon? I'd just be like, I'm from Long Island. 
Yep. So, yes. Yeah, I like where you're going with that eye thing, Josh. Sort of like uh, in that a leader battle angel. I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah, see, they've all got the uh, enlarged eyes sort of art style. No, one mm-hmm. character did. <laughs> yes, yes, that's right, one character. Now, is it a good movie? You saying it's all right? I enjoy that film. The anime expert gives it his uh, seal of approval, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I figured I'd ask you this, of all people, Rich. Have you ever had an expired beer before? Uh, what do you mean, like today? An expired beer. <laughs> yeah, I I had this old Leinen Kugels that I found in my fridge, and I wanted well, those, to drink those it. Those are all expired. Yeah, it wasn't like Leinen Kugels <laughs> doesn't hey, make hey, beer. Hey. <laughs> That's my favorite beer. It's a summer shandy. The thing is, the sugar, the sugar in What's the beer will preserve though? it. You should drink that right now on the podcast. I will. I, I am. All right. I'm going to drink it. See, I can't tell if Shay was being serious or trying to fuck with me, so I've yeah. got to be quiet. See what you guys have done to me? I'm afraid to say oh, anything. Okay. Well, doing a good the job. truth is, like, <laughs> we've, we've done our job. No, uh, like when I used to work at Coca-Cola, um, there'd be soda that hit the expiration date, and of course we have to pull it off the shelf, but they'd be like, you realize that that stuff will keep for a while because the sheer amount of sugar in mm-hmm. there keeps it preserved for a long time. Now, yeah. with the beer that you're drinking, there's definitely a little bit of sugar in there because there's a little bit of sweetness in there, and that's going to preserve the beer just a little bit longer. That's I also alcohol. I was being serious. That as yeah, well. That's why Four Loco literally can't expire. Mm-hmm. It'll eat through the can before it expires. That's- that's true. It, they uh, actually haven't made Four Loco in about ten years. They just kept it in a warehouse. It's and the same batch. Continually Beer rolling will it out. go bad, but in a can like that, you're fine. It takes a lot longer for it to go bad. Like, hmm. There's kind of a snobby the more you disdain know. for cans, but really, they 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 keep beer. Really they keep well. longer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one time I, I was think part of. A, okay, it's good to know. One time I was actually part of a. Uh, Josh, a uh, fancy football league, and the loser had to drink a old expired beer that had been left out in a warm windowsill for like several years, or like like a year or more, uh, something crazy like no, that. That's going to be pretty terrible because um, that'll get skunky in a windowsill. It's going to be bad in a week. Yeah, I agreed to do it because I lost, but they didn't make me do it. They felt bad. You should do your research on rookies next time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to kill you, just make you sick. But uh, that was Shay chiming in with his uh, Coca-Cola knowledge, as well as Josh. Shay Layton here joins us, the professor from Japan. Speaking of icons, Shay, we've been watching that Michael Jordan documentary. How about that in sports That's icons? That's right, but uh, you failed to call me by my real name. Uh, Duke, the leader of G.I. Joe... Oh, G.I. Joe! I gave you guys a chance Joe. to abandon that weird intro that you did. Can I be <laughs> death row? Josh would no, get yeah, it that, the fuck out. That Michael Jordan documentary is everything I've hoped for and more. Like, um, They've been talking about it for months, and I was actually years, to be honest with you. And I've... I've tamed my my expectations and hype for it because I was the kid growing up that like I was watching an interview with Draymond Green. Sorry to go into this, but I was watching an interview where uh, there were some players just talking about how every I think every boy at some point in their life or almost every boy wants to be a part of the NBA. 
everybody like just even for a fleeting moment, it's like, man, I want to be a professional basketball player. And I was that kid growing up, like I was obsessed with two things. I was obsessed with video games and I was obsessed with basketball. I played elementary, junior high school, high school. Um, and I was the kid who my father was obsessed with Michael Jordan and he would buy like the documentaries and the highlight videos on tape. And we would just sit there and watch the V, v- on our VCR, just the basketball games over and over again, the highlights over and over the Michael Jordan documentaries mm-hmm. over and over. And so, I mean, I grew up loving Michael Jordan, like so many other kids, and um, it's it's been weird because, like, we all grew up in that time where Michael Jordan was definitively not only the best basketball player, but one of the most prolific and well-known athletes in the world. Not just of basketball, but in the world. And, you know, we're, we're all coming to that time where, you know, our our generation is going to slowly and we're, we're watching it now slowly start to slip into that, um, that place where people don't consider what we say as like, as actual information as, um, it would have been like 10 years ago. And I've told people who, you know, are fairly new to watching basketball. Michael Jordan was definitively one of the best basketball players to me he will always be the best basketball player of all time and like some of my younger students they're like oh Steph Curry's like the best basketball player in the in the world or LeBron James I'm like you guys don't even fucking know like you guys don't even know so to see this 10-part docuseries has been incredible and it's interesting because Morgan and I were actually having a discussion about it on WhatsApp and he was telling me like yeah I I've been thinking that this docuseries has been really interesting but like jordan and pippen were kind of these boring guys and i'm like dude you have no fucking idea how not boring these people were and it's like you're getting small snippets and like we still have eight episodes to go and like man i'm just i'm so hyped for this and i'm so happy it's been nice it couldn't have come out at a better time yeah, as yeah. you can tell, I'm clearly yeah. a fucking... She's a big basketball nerd. Good yeah. God, yeah. No, that's... uh. There Actually, I was listening to my one of my favorite sports shows, the Dan Limitard show, and he's seen them all, and he said that the first two episodes are actually... They're good, but they're actually the uh, least interesting because they well, have to set the whole well. thing up for people who, uh, who don't know who Michael Jordan is. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, there are actually people who don't... who aren't familiar Dude, with yeah. Michael like, the Jordan. The thing is, I think, so, like, to credit uh, what Shay said, like... As me, someone at the time who, like, I never really followed basketball in a large way, but I knew who the fuck Michael Jordan was. Like, Michael Jordan was a big fucking deal, regard- you know what I mean? It was just of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, like, he, he, is, he has managed, <clears throat> because of his talent and determination and some good decisions, he has transcended basketball, and I think, you know, a lot of people now... To baseball. Le- <clears throat> oh, yes. Yes, he did that masterfully. <laughs> no, like a lot of people attribute LeBron James with being the uh, penultimate businessman outside of a sport, which I agree with. But I feel like in a lot of ways, Jordan laid that that blueprint there because like Jordan was doing movies. Granted, uh, not many and Space Jam was, you know, depending on how you consider it was not the most critically well received movie, but I fucking loved it as a child. You know, he had his own shoe line that now is one of the most iconic uh sports clothing brands in the world 
he has owned multiple teams. Uh, he's I don't know if you guys know this. He's he at one time owned a uh, I think it was an F1 racing team or like a motocross team. Sure. He owns some of those teams. He's a part owner of the Charlotte Hornets. He has played golf and he's done pretty decently at it. Not great, not terrible. He's like done all these great business things. I know I'm just touching like the tip of the iceberg there, but man, it's, it's so interesting. And like I was telling, I was telling Morgan, I was like, he's saying Scotty Pippen was this boring guy. I was like, dude, you don't even know. I was like, all these women wanted to fuck Scotty Pippen when he was at the height of his abilities on the Chicago Bulls and he was dating Madonna at one time and Jordan was trying to pull Madonna over to him because he wanted to be like everything was a competition to Jordan as they talk about on the documentary but Madonna's like no way and then come to find out Scottie Pippen has this massive penis like this massive dick and that's why all these women wanted to fuck Scottie Pippen and and Morgan's like I didn't even know that like I want to know more about that and I'm like dude we got eight episodes to go you're gonna you're probably gonna you're learn a lot about Scottie Pippen's really, dick I just want the 10 part docuseries <laughs> just one whole episode's on, gonna be about his dick yeah I want the 10 part docuseries on uh, Scottie Pippen's penis that's really well, it I just think it's really unfortunate that that many women wanted to fuck a grown man who went by Scotty. <laughs> what? <laughs> Scott Pippen sounds weird. I, I was, I was we were joking. About it this does. Time. It does. Like when they said that, um, like the when they played on the documentary, uh, David Stern was up there and he's like, the Chicago Bulls with their pick select. Oh, wait, no, was it Scott? No, 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 sorry, it was the Sonics. It was the Sonics. Like, Seattle Supersonics select Scott Pippen. I was like, who the fuck is Scott Pippen? <laughs> I have never heard that in my Scott life. Pippen, yeah, I've always, like an investment I've always heard Scotty Pippen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, yeah. how you doing, Scott yeah, Pippen? Scott Pippen here. Yeah. From Agent R Block. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Scott Pippen <laughs> sells insurance. Yeah, Scotty Pippen fucks yeah. Madonna. I was thinking... So. <laughs> Doesn't no, sound right Scott either, Pippen, but I know what happened. Scott Pippen lays pipe, my friends. But lays piping. I'm telling you, Morgan, if you if you want to like legitimately, you want to see Scotty Pippen's dick. The sex life of an uh, an NBA star. Go look up Wilt Chamberlain, and you will have days worth of material to pour over. No, I'll just that get dude, I'll just get jealous and sad. I can't do that. Dude, that that guy claims to this day that he has slept with over 10,000 women. And there have been mathematicians out there that have like done the math <laughs> to figure out life. how many women he would have had to have slept with a day. And it's like about 5 women a day. No. I for mean, him to have been able to do that. It's but the dude just, had like fucking <laughs> orgies and shit like it's crazy. If you want to research something, go research that. Oh, there's a lot of will. The orgies to go sound like cheating. You can technically knock out like thirty. Yeah, women in one you know go. what? You're right. At that point, you just go. <laughs> it's like people that go for those easy platinums. You know what I mean? It's like that's not a real game. Yeah, Come it's on. all a numbers game, Dim. He doesn't respect the sport. He doesn't. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> the you guys, what, what sport is that? That's cheap. <laughs> fucking <laughs> sport of fucking. The sport of fucking. To you guys, right, that's, that's cheating. Look. To those professionals, that's. I mean, when you're at that that high of a level, what else do you have to chase? Numbers. So, like, he, Will Chamberlain was one of the greatest athletes that's ever lived. So, yeah. like, anything he did, like volleyball, he was a professional volleyball player, professional basketball player. Dude was a phenomenal weightlifter, phenomenal runner. Like, what else do you have to do but chase numbers at that point? 
Like, if you can have orgies, why the fuck wouldn't you at that? <laughs> why am I going to fuck one I woman mean, when I can fuck ten? No, I... I'm down for the orgy, but I'm not gonna write it down like some pretentious asshole. <laughs> just, like I'm not, he's marking I'm not it counting, on his wall. I'm not counting with beers. A sharpie. They call that, they call that yeah, stuff in the stats. the fuck sheet. wall. That's what they call that. He's a stat, he's a stat stuff, right? I knew Will Chamberlain was a stat yeah, I need, stuffer. I need you all to sign volume 28 of the, uh, the guest book. <laughs> they should put that on his rookie card. <laughs> the fuck book? I mean, yeah. sorry, the guest book? I can't even imagine what it's like going through life having sex with that many people. I'll just have to talk to Shay about that later. Maybe he can let me know. Uh, but thank you for being here, Shay. Uh, always good to have you on the show. Uh, look what I did. I opened up the Michael Jordan wormhole. Oh, that part's on me. Um, the can of Michael Jordan. You opened yeah. up the NBA fuckhole yeah. is what you opened up. Yeah. I thought yeah. you were going to say it there. You, you, more, space you didn't have to do anything. I took it there for us. All I had to I do was say Michael us. Jordan documentary, and then he let us down the road to penises, which of course is my favorite topic of discussion. So thank. For some reason, I really thought you were going <laughs> to say a, NBA a, a Happy house, Trail, which maybe. sounds like it could be a real place. Yeah, I got that joke, Josh. A Happy Trail, if you will. Yes, he f- followed him down a happy trail we we're looking for. Sorry, Rich, I wasn't trying to steamroll you there, but Josh had a good joke. He was trying to lay in there. No, no, it was a good joke. Um, <laughs> Mr. Happy Trails, Joshua Fowler, joins us from Michigan. I'm sorry about that, Josh, but I am happy you're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've been playing a lot of Dirge of Cerberus, uh, which is... Oh, Josh, I I'm watched... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. we got to talk about that later. Josh, I watched um, Midnight Gospel. Uh, All right. That Me show too. is great. Oh, my God. Oh, it is, right? Yeah, I my of course, just when I think I find something me and my wife are gonna like, she did not like it, but it's basically like a podcast morphed into a um sort of it's basically adventure time meets sort of a uh philosophical podcast about life well, and drugs and religion and if I'm not mistaken, um isn't it Pendleton Ward teaming up with a podcaster? Like that's basically what they did is they yeah. conducted yep. podcast interviews uh like in these characters and set them to animation yeah yeah it's essentially the idea is kind of um the premise of the show is that this guy is uh traveling to different worlds to interview people um and usually there's just crazy stuff happening in those worlds as the interview is happening and it just kind of they continue on with what they're doing and you just end up with this just surreal art experience going on with the interview in the background uh and it's it's so good that yeah dude it's it's cool because like i've never i'm sure it's i'm not gonna say it's not been done before because i have no idea but i have never seen a show that basically took a like conversation like a podcast conversation and tried to morph it into like a a mildly silly narrative even even if it's mostly aesthetic purposes like the first episode is just them murdering zombies um, yeah that's the zombie apocalypse one right mm-hmm. yeah and he's, they're just like he's like the president's just like shooting uh zombies from the top of the white house and he's having a casual conversation I, about uh hallucinogens <laughs> i love that guy when he's sniping the zombies and there's the guy at the bottom he's like mr president mr president thank you like <laughs> as he's shooting the zombie off him <laughs> yeah it's it's so good it is my it's confusing because i have to turn it off when my kids around because uh, she'll see it from a distance she'll be like oh, that looks like adventure time i'm like no this is not <laughs> no 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 not, not adventure time 
Uh, I've only seen the first episode though, but mm. I was like really that's like right up my alley because like the idea of turning a podcast into a, a adventure show is really cool to me. The, um, uh, the the second one, which is the I've only watched the first two. The second one's kind of about uh, accepting and dealing with death, and it gets really heavy, but it's really good. The, oh man, that one's gonna fuck me up. I can tell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm Morgan here, General Mountain Time from Montana. Um, I yeah, I don't have a lot of experience with drugs other than this expired beer that I'm going to drink here on the podcast, um, and some pot in my day. But I got to tell you, I've I've like they're saying in that first episode that like there are no bad drugs, just bad circumstances, I guess, or situations. Um, I I dated one of one girl I dated was very heavily into every drug she could get her hand on. She had no fear in regards to that stuff. And it always was interesting to me. Um, I remember one time when she, uh, I believe it was, it was either acid or shrooms. I don't remember. She, she sent me all these crazy texts while she was just laying around listening to music. And they were, they were along the lines of like, I found, I found God. I found meaning in this song. And it was, it was just like, a, and then the next day she's like, yeah, I listened to that song and I did I didn't get anything out of it. But, but when I was, when I, you know, it's just, there's so many interesting experiences, but I'm too scared. I don't know about you guys, but like, I'm too scared as a father to try drugs. Cause I don't trust my, uh, mental state. If you will. Well, I'm not a father, so I'm fine with it. <laughs> It's true. Yeah. yeah, no, I feel you with that. The whole um My thing is less the drugs themselves and more who you have to deal with to get a lot of them. Um Yeah, people like Rich. Yeah. With the people like Rich. I do not sell drugs. <laughs> I didn't say sell, I said transport them yeah, from the seller <laughs> to the buyer. <laughs> That's that sounds a lot like selling drugs. <laughs> he's he's not a dealer, he's just a mule. So would you say that you don't sell pizza? <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, nobody's selling pizza. He's a my pizza asshole, mule. That's for sure. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Here's a laughs> uh, yeah. I microdose shrooms in my driveway like a responsible adult. I don't sell them to people. That's good. That's good. That's good. There's. <laughs> There's, there's a world in which I think you'd have some interesting enlightenment there. People have said they've had some powerful self-discovery on certain drugs, like self-epiphanies that have changed their life for the um, better. God, I don't think I've ever told you guys this. This is my favorite because it's persona-related. Uh, microdosing on shrooms revelation. Uh, I was microdosing with shro- on shrooms with a friend, and we were playing Persona 4 Golden. And I turned around and looked at him. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Persona Mara. Um, but all I said was, <laughs> we are all but, we are all but spokes in Mara's wheel. And then I turned around and continued playing. <laughs> That's great. I'm going to set this up for people a little, I got we got to learn, the, we got to set this up better. So Mara, the persona is a, describe, is it? Manifold It's dicks. a penis. What? It's a big monster penis in oh. a chariot. Oh, fuck. You're right. It is a monster penis uh-huh. in a chariot. Good God. All right. See, I want to play the, the the Persona game that's just shit like that. You know, I just that's you mean Persona. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's God. all of the Persona games. I need to. I'm gonna put that on the VIP. I think Mara's right been now. in there for tens well, of years. Mara's at this been point. in Shin Megami Tensei yeah. since the the goddamn beginning. Yeah. Um, I actually recently got past the point in Persona Five Royal where you fight Mara for the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Mementos, hell of a fight taking out that dick chariot. Yep. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a sentence right there. Dick Chariot. If you're looking for... <laughs> In case anyone was curious, they do make a premium figure of Mara that I believe is like $200. Really? Okay. I'm not interested, but... Um... I mean, that's not true. I think it'd be cool to have, but not going to happen. It'd be hilarious. You'd have to explain it to your children. That's the problem. I <laughs> No, my children don't come up into my little lair here where all the work gets done. I try to keep... Well, that's not true. Sometimes my daughter will come stream with me and stuff, but I, I try to keep them out of this place. So, But yeah, you're right. It's, it's too risky. The tentacles on the back of the penis and the dick chariot are really what's throwing me off. It's like... Uh, what do you mean? You're sure not dick not have those? <laughs> I can't, I don't know, maybe inside. That's what I like to imagine it looks like on the inside of my body. <laughs> I wouldn't like to imagine that. Um, I didn't think we'd go down, you know, the hallucinogens and uh, dick chariot route today, but I'm happy we did. Um, we have, so go ahead and, if you want to take some shrooms right now, we are going to trip out, if you will, on a lot of great character designs character a lot of them are attached to great games we are going to try to get to the bottom of what makes an iconic character in games and we for the sake of this being an interesting discussion for right now we stuck to the last five years which means a lot of this is obviously very just opinion but we're sort of predicting in a way how we feel like these characters will be will be perceived down the road to some degree because i think you guys would all agree right for something to be iconic it it takes time I got a whole book of mm-hmm. icons right here. Everybody like everybody like Goemon. <laughs> oh yeah. No, I think you're right, Morgan. I think that it does take time, obviously, but there are certain things that you know. You just have a gut feeling that you're like, oh, that's going to be iconic immediately, and I'm sure we're going to talk about some of those later. Yeah, it'll stick. Yeah, there's there's something to say about like certain designs that you can kind of just like Shay saying, just kind of tell. Like you mm-hmm. see it, and you're like, oh, there's something memorable mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Dick Chariot, right. iconic, of course. Yeah, It'll stick right. Yeah, in no, it survived for hundreds of years until it finally became a video game character. <laughs> pretty, pretty crazy. Uh-huh. What a journey, huh? Um, you know, and that's why I was just digging up a lot of uh, this. This whole week, I've been looking up like the nature of an iconic video game character, and a lot of them, as you guys know, are pretty obvious, right? But I was trying to write down threads that seem to connect all of the the big ones. Now, I think it's I wonder how you guys feel about this. Um do you I kind of feel like there is tiers. Like I feel like it's okay to call some of the characters we're going to get to today iconic, but there is a Mount Rushmore if you will of iconic characters like the big ones, Mario, Sonic, Donkey Kong, Tomb Raider, Master Chief if you will. You know, the ones that are on the uh well, that'd be a really big Mount Rushmore. But you know what I'm saying. Um, it is a different level of iconic, and we had our listeners picked tons of people that they thought were iconic, and there's just really no feasible way we could have like 10 or 15 iconic characters from the last five years um, in in the really truest sense to me. Do you guys agree, disagree? How do you guys stand on that? Yeah. Yeah, I think we've got way more than the three we had to pick from. Um, I mean, we'll, again, we'll see long term, but... Uh... Is is the strobe light helping, Shay? Is it? It's helping him. <laughs> yeah, it's helping me. He's really getting into it over there. He's got fucking rave going on in his podcasting room. <laughs> I was... <laughs> I well, he was you. just remembering that the Bust a Move guy is iconic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I was I was just getting ready for the inevitable paw rap of the paw or the paw rap of the rapper talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I cannot that's wait for that one. And I, I thought that's what mm, we well, were doing here. We can't fight over that because it's 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 too old. True. Um, well, here's the things I found in common with. Well, paw rap of the rapper remastered came out in the the past five years, so that counts, right? Did it? <laughs> Parappa the Rapper remastered. These are yeah, new characters, yeah. but yes, nice try. Um, He's new in my heart. <laughs> uh, it's funny because you guys were all like, so what I did was for people not for listening is I threw a bunch of, of interesting random ones in there that I was thinking a lot about, but I asked all of you for three, and that wasn't just to like, narrow you down to only three, but I figured if you guys all gave me three different ones right there, that's twelve. So mm-hmm. I didn't want to go too fucking crazy with it, and. I got to say, um, everyone, the only one of you seem to really struggle with this. And I mean this with love, my dear Richmeister. Um, everybody gave me iconic characters that really just did really well in the polls. But Rich, he was struggling. It took me a couple days of badgering him. Uh, and one. <laughs> that's one day of badgering <laughs> him. Um, and then he gave me a couple that um, I had to basically pry the persona character out of him because i was surprised he didn't give me well yeah Joker. no and it felt obvious to me after i think i was overthinking the question to be honest with you because when you banty words around like iconic like immediately my thought process is to go no one mm-hmm. like <laughs> because it's such a fucking big ask and uh to be fair the only one that immediately came to my mind was shovel knight which you put in there anyway despite that game coming out in 2014 you fucking lying liar who lies <laughs> Uh, all those things are true, including the lying. Um, I did. I didn't do that to break the poll. I just did it as a curiosity, like to test the audience because it was so fringy. You know, in 2014, I was like, I wonder how this sits because we talk a lot about Shovel Knight, and yeah, he was he was like the second highest vote getter. I, I think so. that's such an interesting one, particularly for me, because I don't know if any of you have read um, Jason Schreier of Kotaku's book, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. Uh, where he writes about like the development of a lot of games, and one of the sections of that book is about Shovel Knight, and they talk about in that section how when they were designing the character, like they literally sat down and were like, "We need a character design that is simple, sleek, and has the potential to be iconic." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so that's the interesting thing as we launch into this discussion because these are the whenever I looked back on the the. Mount Rushmore, if you will, there was one thing that was in, there was four things that were in common with every single one of those games. Okay. Sales impact, like outside of gaming, if you will, to some degree, although that's going to be obviously a bit subjective, um, design of course, and, uh, critical reception. So all every single game that I looked up from the old, from those old games sold a shitload, had like over a 90 Metacritic, or at the time, me and Josh used to go to like game ranking stuff. But the point is, it was just received really, really well by critics. I could not find a single uh, gaming icon that was received in a mediocre sense for whatever reason. Because you have to have a great game with it, right? That's sort of... Yeah, I mean, nobody really remembers games that kind of like went over like a wet fart. It doesn't matter how good your character design is. If the game nobody's playing the game, nobody's going to remember them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what, not even wet farts, but go ahead, Josh. Sorry, we guess him. No, no, just, just okay. agreeing. Just agreeing with the wet farts. Yep. Okay. Wet, wet farts all correct. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's you. So you we'll agree with to... a wet fart. The wet fart doesn't agree with you. 
That's true. Yeah, they will haunt you really for a while afterwards. You got to make your way to specters, if you will. Specters, yeah, clean that thing up. Um, so, so we have some parameters there. So let's just put all these characters to the gauntlet and let's get to some results. All right, here we go. That's a new sound effect I was trying out. Yeah, like yeah, it. it's add, adding that to your repertoire. Anything is better than the old one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. It's supposed to be a, like a sad trumpet. I didn't... <laughs> it, if you have to explain it, it's not working. No, it's like a, it's a it's a trumpet in a chariot. It's, it's a whole thing, and that makes it sad. With bo- <laughs> well, I mean, it wants to be free. It wants to be a free. It wants to be on someone's mouth. A free range trumpet. Yeah, mm. free. free. Free range trumpet. Free God, range trumpet. That's the episode title. That's <laughs> so dumb, but I do like it. Okay. Organic grass fed free range trumpet. That's that almost like a tongue twister there. All right, so let's get the losers out of the way here. Nice trying, everyone. Um, there really is no losers because if you were nominated, that's really all that matters. That's what my mom told me when I was little. Um, and I lost things. It made me feel good about myself. Was that was that the first lie she told you? <laughs> my my mom cannot tell a lie. Um, all right, so the losers. The first loser, Prince Sidon from Zelda. Sorry to Rich Meister, our beloved Shark Prince. Um, I just like Prince Sidon a lot. I didn't yeah. expect him to win, but I just think he's a really great character. Dude, Prince Sidon was my character of the year that year. That's a good pick. I love that guy. Um, I he I think he has the iconic look. I think he just wasn't a big enough part of that game. Yeah, that that's one hundred percent fair. Like if he had had the presence, like the longer Zelda presence of like a Sheik or something in in that game in particular, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Then maybe uh, he might have he might have reached that status. And maybe if Nintendo would pull their head out of their ass and add some cool characters to Smash that we want, like Prince Sidon would have been like a badass addition to Smash. I don't know. They had Joker in there. He was pretty good. Hey, on they're those, getting there. Get They've shit. added so many characters in the last couple generations, uh, and especially with this one with the, all the DLC and stuff. Like they're they're really starting to give us a lot more. So and they're finally adding sure. that arms character you wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I was thinking that maybe they're gonna finally release that that pack that everyone's been asking for is uh, nothing but Fire Emblem. So basically, they replace all the characters in Smash oh, yeah. with just strictly Fire Emblem characters. Nothing but I, Fire Emblem. I made a Photoshop once, and I noticed this randomly at some point. And this was even like two characters ago. At some point, I had to point out to someone that there were enough Fire Emblem characters in Smash to fill out the original Mortal Kombat roster. <laughs> Jesus. And yet they haven't put a single one in there that I like. Uh, all right, let's see here. But I have terrible taste. All right, so... Yeah, say, it sounds like you got bad taste. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get to that in a second here. Not quite on Sekiro. Um, close loss. 55% said not quite. Uh, you know, the game people loved, and even though he's the title character and the game is named after him, apparently people did not feel quite the fondness for... Is his name Sekiro? Sekiro. Yeah. As much as I they played the say, entire game and I didn't even know that they don't actually give you his name, but that's the only thing anyone actually calls you. So mm-hmm. it's kind of by default his name. Sure. Yeah. Like honestly, it just never occurred to me. Yeah, that's interesting. That yeah. Um, did you finish Sekiro, Rich? Uh, if I didn't finish it, I definitely came close. 
I played a lot of that game, but it's one of those things where like game is I remember hard. loving it, but it doesn't stick out to me. It's entirely possible I didn't finish it. Um, uh, 57% of our audience said Sean Murray, mm-hmm. creator of No Man's Sky. It was iconic. 43% said he was a god. Um, <laughs> and someone messaged me. I don't, I don't want to get into that. Obviously, it was a joke. So everyone just relax. Of course, he's a god. Uh, not quite would be the eighty percent that voted for the fire. Emblem. This one bummed me out the most. Um, the, just the impact that Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses sort of had. Like it was very successful, but I just it just didn't quite reach the threshold I felt like it should have or would have. Um, and and I guess I meant it iconic in the sense that like Charmander, Bulbasaur, and Squirtle uh, were iconic. Like I feel like we'd look back on Edelgard, to Dimitri, and Claude. As these, because everyone chose a house and that was a part of their experience, but 80% of the audience said no. No. The, the thing is with Charmander, Squirtle, and Bulbasaur, those were the three entries into the world of Pokemon. They were the Pokemon you first met, no matter what. Like, unless you played Yellow, obviously, uh, then it was Pikachu. But when anyone old enough started out with blue and red or the Japanese versions or anything of that nature, you were introduced to those characters. And so with fire emblem, if anything, I would say Roy would probably be the more iconic character there. Cause he was one of the first characters in that game. And um, Roy is our boy. Well, yeah, but uh, older character, but yeah, well, I know oh, that I'm talking about like oh, with older. The... I know. I, I get, I get your point. I totally get your point. And I understand the correlation there, but no, they're not going to be they're not going to be memorable enough to be iconic is the thing. Um when you think Fire Emblem out of all the characters that have ever 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 existed in the world, the two that I think of um even though I've never played the original is Roy and Anna the merchant because she's been in the, she's been like a mainstay in those games for a while now, so if anything I feel like those two would be more iconic, but I think, um, um, and and I do kind of agree with what you're saying there, Shay. I think for a lot of people, it might even be more so like thinking of Marth and Roy as the iconic ones, because for especially like a Western audience, I feel like Smash was the first real exposure to Fire Emblem characters for people. Yeah, but but yeah. I but that's true, and that's true, and maybe Smash threw this off, but I feel like a lot of people, this was their first Fire Emblem game um in, in the west because it it did a lot better here. So I was thinking, and you know, I honestly, I think if they continue to make i guess they wouldn't make sequels of this game but if they did um maybe that'd be the case cuz one thing i also noticed was that a lot of those iconic characters were not in one-offs you know there wasn't there wasn't a lot of iconic characters that were in a one-off game like there's like you know two or three important games that were huge with them it wasn't like oh yeah you know pac-man was in one game donkey kong was in one game you know so right for what it's worth yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that, that's that's true enough. Uh, for me, Edelgard will always be iconic, and everyone else is fucking wrong. But I took a big L on that one. Um, let's see, other losers. Oh, sorry about this. Wait, uh, wait, 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 Madeline. Wait, wait. Oh, sorry. You sorry. took a big Ed L. Bazumba. Mm. <laughs> what? Isn't that is what that the a CBS phrase you're doing? Ah, uh, no, I don't want to catch phrase. It's Zambo. It's Z- it's pronounced Zambo. Mm. Shay's upset Zambo. About, Shay's upset about that. He's like, no, no. Look here, Rich. We don't we don't say Bazumba around here. 
<laughs> He's getting I'm too not, comfortable. He started to say Bazumba when we say Bazambo. <laughs> Sorry, Bazambo's a different thing too altogether. That's a yeah, fusion no, of Bazumba and Zambo. Both of you need to go sit in the fucking corner for a minute. I'll stay. Let's let's go play with each other in the corner. Madeline from Celeste was voted not iconic by seventy percent of our audience, unfortunately. Um just that game just didn't reach enough people, unfortunately. Celeste is pretty fucking good. Yeah. Another rich Yeah. <laughs> rich was like Rich learned the game through trial and error, really. Um No, I was pretty good at Celeste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I saw that one coming, so I didn't pick Celeste. Because I, I don't I think Celeste is one of those ones where I think most of the iconic characters they have more than one resolution. There's not just the character, like you kinda have yeah. them in in the game, in other art and whatnot. But I feel like the in-game Celeste is such a low poly model that people are gonna have a harder time resonating with that. Well, not so yeah. much that. Like it's easy to kind of shrug off like for, mistake or, or or not think about the character as a character as much as you know more you um yeah no that's fair and, and obviously the story is not telling that and basically anytime that's what i was gonna say i felt the character had enough personality outside but from a visual standpoint i i get exactly what you're saying because yeah, like a lot like, of the design there is even mechanics based like her hair changes colors based on you know whether or not you have dashes and stuff like that like so much of it is mechanics based mm-hmm. um, Although, if they ever, they'll never happen, but I, if they added her to Smash and she had a version where, like, her dark self, like, her depressed self would come out, that would be interesting, I think. But for some reason, we always default to this, if they're in Smash, they must be iconic thing. <laughs> I do it, too, and I don't fucking well, know why. No, I, I think it's a telling way of, like, I think Smash can turn you iconic in a way, because it's, like, even people that haven't played that game. Um, like, uh, I, I don't know if I actually told you guys this, like, a friend of mine... Uh, who was playing Persona 5 Royal, told me the other day, like, his niece walked into his room and was he was playing Persona 5, and she's like, that's Joker from Smash. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, that's how children will know who that character yeah. is. <laughs> it's, 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 I agree with you guys. It's, a, it's an important factor. I don't think it should be the end-all be-all in some cases, but I agree that it's, it does give a massive amount of exposure. True. I, I mean, like, the amount of times I played games with Mr. Game & Watch in it, so many. Uh, good man. That is he one fries of, yeah. up those sausages so good. <laughs> That's right, Mr. Game and Watch. Not iconic. Um, just kidding. I'm just, just kidding. A, don't, he's, don't, don't he's, he's more of a fashion icon than a uh, than a gaming icon. I think <laughs> nobody knows. They would be so. He good. can sit in the gutter, um, Mr. Game and Watch. All right, so this one did not surprise me, but I, I was, like, cathartic seeing it. Noctis was not voted iconic from Final Fantasy XV. Close, though. It was a fringer, and I think it's just because he doesn't look interesting enough. Um, He's not distinctive enough. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think all of his friends have more of a personality than he does. Yep. Yeah. He's just yeah. kind of the handsome guy. Like Josh yep. said, they all dress like they came rolling out of a hot topic. Well, there, yeah, there's handsome guy, there's handsome shirtless guy, there's handsome fancy guy, and there's handsome vest guy. <laughs> yeah, and there were other, I thought Aaron, like, it's too small of an audience for people that care, but I thought Aaron Ao was more iconic, or um, 
the what was the the gas station girl with the giant knockers? Let's see, Cindy. Yeah, it was oh, the female take on Sid. Sid. Yeah, she was kind of iconic in a perverted way. So not at all. Maybe to you, like that. The that was like a weird failed experiment in shaking up the Sid dynamic. I I feel like that. Yeah. Honestly, I had completely forgotten about that until you yeah, brought it up. No, now. oddly enough, I think Sid himself is one of his better versions in fifteen. Just as the cranky yeah, old man who grandfather or yeah, her grandfather who who knew the yeah. king and you know was a friend of his from back in the war and stuff like that version of Sid is so solid by comparison, mm. I think, and so underutilized in sadly that game. like they don't really mess around with it much for like he's like, I'll tow your car and then he's like later he's like, I got a boat if you need a boat mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I just I think when it comes to Final Fantasy in general. That when we think of characters that are iconic, like nothing's going to beat the Chocobo, nothing's going to beat the Moogle, and nothing's going to beat Cloud. And that's just the truth. Those three mm-hmm. are the most iconic characters from that Even entire Squall's franchise. pretty yeah, high Squall's up there. Squall's iconic. I, I consider him just as iconic. I, not as not iconic. Just as iconic. No. no. We were on but board until you said just. Yep. He is iconic. Yeah. Squall is iconic. And that's the thing is like, that's such a hard thing. That's the hard thing about defining which characters are and aren't iconic because everybody has different entries into different franchises. Like with certain ones like Mario, obviously Mario is going to be the iconic of that franchise, no matter what, because it's named after him. And 90% of, 90 to 95% of the games in that franchise are about him. So that's inevitable. But when you consider like uh, franchises such as Final Fantasy, there are so many characters across so many worlds and universes and so many stories, and most of them are not connected. So you have to you have to consider that because, like Morgan has said time and time again, and he he's fully okay to say this that Final Fantasy VIII is his, one of his favorite ones of all time, and that's perfectly valid. It's a phenomenal game. And a lot of people, that was their entry into the Final Fantasy world. To say that yeah. Squall isn't iconic would be wrong because Squall is iconic for a lot of people. Uh, Cypher is iconic for a lot of people. Renoa is too. And yeah. the best boy, Angela. I think Renoa but, is probably the most like iconic of the whole cast there. If actually, I think yeah. the, probably yeah, the Gunblade, just, that's probably the most iconic character, really. These guys got guns. What what are swords? Right? But when you consider like what has broken into the culture as a whole, definitely chocobos and moogles. Like those ones are easy. But I would say Cloud Moombas. and Sephiroth. I would give you chocobos. <laughs> I don't I think moogles are iconic, but I don't think I'd put them on the same level as chocobos. Like I think a lot of people have seen a chocobo. I don't ah, know if Moogles have. I just don't think Moogles yeah. have the same. It's like I it, think, and this is I almost hate fair. To tell you they. Uh, I'm I hate sorry to tell you they do. They do. Um, over here in Japan, those two are paired together for everything. That makes sense. Now, granted, granted, Chocobo Dungeon exists and Chocobo Racing exists, so maybe you give the edge up to Chocobos, but. I'm telling you right now, everything that's marketed here for Final Fantasy in Japan 
Moogles and Chocobos. Well, and look, Chocobos I'm, and I'm not saying it's not iconic. I agree with you. I'm just saying it's like the gap between, for me, it's like the gap between Cloud and Squall. I think Cloud is the Chocobo. No, that's far larger. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. Cloud to Squall. I, I wish I would have done that. That I wish I difference done that. in distance is much, much, much longer or larger than a, uh, Chocobo to um, Moogle. I will I, I will say that chocobos are more definitively iconic and popular, but I'm telling you, Moogles are well, pretty damn well, close. That's the problem with the Final Fantasy thing. People want to have like seventy thousand iconic characters from there. It's like if if we had to boil it down to like two or three, like you got. I one... love Cactar too. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's, oh, that's the difference between memorable. That's the difference between memorable and iconic. I think right there, and I think that's what's what it's going to end up. That's where it's going to be nuanced, and that's where like we could potentially get into arguments or disagreements or discussions here, is that Squall is certainly memorable. To a lot of people, he's going to be iconic, but Cloud is definitively iconic. Like, everybody knows Cloud. Part of that is due to Smash. Part of that is due, due to how Final Fantasy VII put JRPGs really on the map in the u.s yeah yeah um, i wouldn't you know, argue like, that but if we could yeah, get and that's, i think that's going to be the nuance so difference there we i think we could really you know, attribute like, it if they to did put Ergus. yeah right and if they put if they put uh, some right. of those other final fantasy characters into smash it'd be interesting to see how the culture or how <clears throat> not just gaming culture but just general popular culture would receive those characters would they become more iconic um, all right, so uh, sorry, unfortunately, to Rich and Shay, Owlboy was the biggest beatdown of the afternoon. Um, Why do you hate Owlboy so much? I, I cannot stand the way Owlboy looks, but I think the game is, is fine. I, I think the game is actually really good. I played a couple hours of it for Shay. I think the Owlboy is one of the worst-looking characters I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, I feel the same way about Fred Durst. That's a true story. <laughs> Why are you gonna be so hurtful? He is a pretty shit be... shittily designed character. Now, now I will say in the end, like, the oh, game you just, reach... you just want the default guy, huh? Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna have to pre- prepare myself every time. Jetter Shepherd. <laughs> and he's fine. Every time someone disagrees with me, I'm gonna hear about Death Stranding. I'm hear about <laughs> every, I want. I just want everyone to know that Morgan called Fred Durst handsome in our group chat. Fred Durst was he did. very handsome. I'm gonna put. A, I'm gonna have to put a poll up now. Of that handsome is Fred Durst. He's handsome. so handsome. The, the picture that the picture that you sent us, Morgan. He looked like he could have been a part of Bam Margera's crew. No, I was literally gonna go. Well, like, wasn't Bam Margera considered handsome? I don't know. Oh, I was not. Come on. I'm. I was. Gonna I'm, say, gonna, I'm like, gonna go to like, the, this guy's I'm a pretty good looking. I'm like that's Chomp you. Nation. I'm gonna go to Gay Chomp Nation for this. Okay? You, you were like, this dude's pretty good looking, and I was like, that the guy works at my fucking handsome. gas station. <laughs> Keepers of handsome. That's right. That's um, right. The gatekeepers. You may enter our lair. It's yeah, and like, how, like that is completely uh, <laughs> that's skewing result. I don't like scientifically. That's bullshit. And I'm not even gonna touch it. Uh, it was it was mostly just a, a joke, but um, well, fuck you. Uh, I would say this: that was the one issue I had with Albo when I played him. Like, what if this ha- had more? He wasn't good looking. No, no, the actual sprite work. Such a or shame he's not in, handsome. In... Oh, God. Well, you know what? Fuck you, Owlboy, and you're 90% that said no. Eat a dick. Eat an owl yeah, dick. I figured that one was going to be a losing one. And I think that, for me, like, 
to take it back to my just previous point on Final Fantasy, for me, Owlboy is incredibly memorable. That design is incredibly memorable. I love that design. I love that game. Um, iconic. Yeah, it, it's not it's not going to be a mainstay in popular culture. The amount of people over the years that I've had to tell, please play Owlboy. You would love it's Owlboy. So you should check out Owlboy. Is more often than not, people are like, "What that? What is Owlboy?" So yeah, it's not it's not an icon, but for me, it is incredibly memorable. And for me, it is just towing that line yeah. of being iconic. But yeah, if I, I totally could say understand. why I. L- why I love the look of Owlboy, I don't know if you guys ever felt this way about it. Like, looking at it always reminded me of kind of like uh, the 2D take on the Wind Waker character designs. No, I like, love a Wind lot Waker. of the characters yeah. in that game but do that for me. Yeah. Well, or, that's, or that's the frustrating the part, 2D though. The 2D take, but also, like, when you get the, the 3DS games, you're like, huh, I guess that's the same person, if you say so. Yeah, that's kind of what it, like, and, like, Minish Cap. Uh, it reminds me of like the designs of well, those in you know, a lot yeah. of ways. And they kind of stole, I mean, they literally, they have a guy on their crew that looks just like fucking Tingle. So, I mean, that was obvious, the inspiration there. Um, but the, the other guy, I think there's designs in that game that look better. Like the other pirate guy on your crew looks a lot more, I mean, like if the game was about him, I would have probably played it for longer. So it's just. In a way it is. <laughs> <laughs> in a way it is but that's not to 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 shit on the actual work of the like the sprite work and the art in the game is actually really 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 incredible it's yeah. just and more has more to do with the actual it, look uh, of I was noticing this the characters don't stand out everything kind of blends in it feels like it's a part of the world and it doesn't end up feeling as doesn't pop oh there's the like i mean even the difference between Again, sales are going to be a big part of this, but the difference between how integrated Cloud looks in the world versus Squall, like, it looks, he looks way more part of the world. And then you get to Final Mm -hmm. Fantasy IX, and everyone looks like they're supposed to be there. Like, they look like they're a part of the world. And I don't think of any of the characters in IX except Vivi as being iconic. I might be skewed on this. I I really have a soft spot for nine. I love like, I I, I, nine is my favorite of those. For me. But like they they all feel like they're such a part of the world that like the only one that doesn't is Vivi is Queena and his- and not in a good way. <laughs> you just don't want her there. Yeah, yeah. Is this? Yeah. No, that's a good. That's a good discussion. I think we should have at some point in the future is because developers and this is something I haven't ever thought about until you guys just had this discussion on it just now. But like. There are times in a story in general where you want certain things to stand out. You want the focus to be on certain things. Sometimes that's character development. You want those characters to stand out or you want them to be your characters to be more a part of the world building. I think one of the greatest examples off the top of my head in recent memory would be like Fire Emblem, where the characters are amazing and they have fantastic development, especially in Uh, three houses but it's so much more about the story that's developing and the world building than it is about the characters for example not to say that the characters don't have good development or they don't necessarily stand out but it feels like it's so much more about the story whereas like recently having been playing the final fantasy 7 remake the story is a big part of it but it's so much more especially with this remake about how the characters react to everything so the characters are almost separate from the world and i 
I think that's really, really interesting because like each, the way you approach that with your characters, not only is going to be partially telling of what makes them iconic or just memorable, but also how you connect with the particular art medium that you're making, like what, what goes into what you're creating and what people are going to take out of it. So I think that would be well, a really cool yeah. conversation to have in the future because yeah, this, I think it plays very well into memorable versus iconic. And that was the thing that bummed me the most out Shay. When I remember when you were all about owl boys, I remember looking at it like a pompous asshole from the side and being like this, I, I feel like, I feel like the owl boy was the one thing that got in the way of that game being a bigger sell for me is just, he just, they needed a for all the work they put into that game. I feel like they needed a primary character that was just gonna pop more, and I I could just frustrated me. I guess, but no, I respect that, dude. Like I like this is the one and only time you're gonna ever hear me admit this on the podcast. So you better cut this and play it for the next ten years of your life and make it a ringtone. Okay. The the absurdity of the story of Death Stranding has barred me from ever playing that game because here's the thing it is a beautiful game it has awesome music i love norman reedus um i've actually followed him as an actor for years and years uh before even walking dead there there were a lot of things that were going for that game that had me interested but just the ridiculous minor details of the story just completely detracted me and i was like you know what fuck this this is like if they actually had a halfway decent coherent story then it'd be a good game and i'm sure there is a good game buried within there and i'm sure there's fun within that game but for me it's buried by just the ridiculousness of it and so i never even gave it a second chance and you know maybe maybe 27 years down the road when the third pandemic of the world hits and i literally have played everything there ever is to play i'll sit down and play that game again and i'll give it an honest an honest shake but um no like point of me telling you this morgan is i understand like it bums me out because i loved owlboy obviously it was my game of 2016 but i i also understand like some things just rub you the wrong way and i think for you morgan um i've realized over time that characters really really matter to you in so many different facets uh, or facets yeah. facets facets um fascinates fascinates just how you build how you personally connect with them not just their looks looks are a big thing to you and i know that morgan and that's fine yeah. he needs a little and, handsome in his life <laughs> like right. that fred durst he wants to be able to handle them Ill- that's I-M-P. right that's right. Owlboy is no Fred Durst, but you, you <laughs> put that on the back That's of the box. That's a sentence right there. Wow. Right. But it's just the look of it, how you personally connect with it. I get it. Characters are very, very important to you in games, and they are to me as well, but just in different ways, I, I think, in different ways. So I get, I get your point, it's, is all I'm trying to say. It's in a, a very good transition into. It's a yeah, I for hundred percent sure, man. I I I get that. Um, it's uh, I'm trying not to I respond too much on that stuff, but I I get what you're saying. We agree there. Um, kind of good transition to Ori, who sadly also uh, lost in the iconic vote. Um, which, but that's I mean, 
I don't feel like anybody really feels like Ori is is iconic, but it sucks because I got really into that game lately, yeah. and the one thing I think about is the same thing I thought about Thou Boy. I'm like, man, this so many people would just I don't love you know it. what's interesting to me is I think thinking back to the first Ori, um, I think Ori is not the iconic character of it. Um, I can't remember what they're called, uh, and it's gonna bother the me. Big ma- the Josh- thing with the mask. Is it a mask? Or we? I think I that's just know. its I face. Never, I, uh, maybe it's just its face. Um, Are you talking like, about Saru? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember what they're called either. Let me check. I'll check. Keep going. And I'll, I'll, but going I, I think like if if you look at like the cover art for Ori, that's always been the character image that resonated with me more than Ori itself. And then that's a problem, right? When a side character overshadows the look of the main character. I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a problem. Like that character is like a huge focus of that the game. Problem is a strong word, but you know what I mean. It's not a problem for me. Yeah, it's hard to imagine an Ori amiibo. You know, uh, not for me. It's hard. To uh, in fact, I'll take two. Uh huh. I feel like it's just frustrating because I remember when I went through Sonic Mania last year, I was like. I was just like remembering how great Sonic as a character was, and I went and bought that amiibo. Two years ago, my friend. Two, yeah, two, two years ago. Two sorry. years ago, I was remembering how good Sonic was as a character, and I fell in love with the game, and I wanted to go get that amiibo, and I wanted to get a shirt and all this shit. And I'm just like, I've been playing Ori a lot lately. We'll talk about that later on. And that game is, I think the the reason our audience was so tepid about even being interested in it is is that because it looks you take one look at that game it looks great it looks gorgeous you see great reviews um other than kind of a stupid name orion the the willow wispies or whatever um it's just like okay but the name that morgan cannot pronounce it's the will of the wisps i know what it is but um oh, you got it's, it you got, it's okay. uh <laughs> the, i think the big this is going to sound dumb to some people but my daughter walks in the room and she has like a really good intuition on shit because she's a fucking child and she walked in she's like dad what is that thing? I'm like, uh, I don't know. She's like, it's sort of like a, is it a fox? Is it, is it a, is it more of a lemur? Yeah. She was like really confused. And like, she's seven years old. Like she's just, and every time she sees it, she's like, I don't know what to make of that thing. It's, it doesn't mm-hmm. look like anything, um, yeah. but it also doesn't stick out to her. And I just, yeah, thought that it, was it doesn't really have the best character design. The, the most, the thing that stands out about it the most is that it has like, two sets of ears and that's like kind of it's defining feature um yeah it's but what is it supposed to be this is a serious question is it a fox it's a spirit yeah it's, it's, it's a spirit just a, it's just a, it's a made forest. up spirit okay yeah, just a forest spirit yeah. so it's not an actual animal mm-hmm. okay it's a ghost okay yeah that's the thing that's the thing that morgan that and we will talk about this later uh just to give you a glimpse that I told you about privately because we were talking about this in the Blind Forest, um, the prequel to Will of the Wisps. Uh, there are a lot of creatures and characters in there that just kind of look like things, but don't really look like anything. Mm-hmm. And that was the point of the first game. So I, I said Saru. I'm sorry. Her name is Naru, and she's from an unknown race. The caretaker of Ori from the first game, and so that your friend the race the isn't named. And the race isn't named. And neither, um, Ori is a spirit. Gumo is, who the fuck knows? It's some spider Gumby-like thing. Uh-huh. Like, there are a lot of creatures Gumby, yeah. in that game. Like, even the enemies you're fighting that kind of look like things, but also kind of don't Not look quite. like things. Like, yeah. 
yeah, like you have like minotaur-like creatures, and Will of the Wisps is a little bit different because you have like actual spiders in this one, you have actual uh, toads in this one, you have an actual bear in this one, but for the most part, you can't really discern what they're supposed to be. And I think that was a conscientious decision, A, to kind of set itself apart. So it's like, okay, we're not going to have, you know, you're not going to fight bad wolves and you're not going to fight foxes and you're not going to fight orcs. Like they're trying to like use their creativity there. But also I think it plays into the story as well. Um, kind of in the, kind of in the same way vein slightly as something like, Hey Arnold. and Bear with me before you wow. guys. Wow! Like, Did not see the like, A Arnold thing coming. Whoosh. Right, like Hey okay. Arnold. There's there's a choice made there that like every single Hey Arnold character looks fucking weird and odd. And I remember back in the day, the creators said they purposefully made that choice because they didn't want anybody to focus on their appearance appearance and how good they looked and how better this person looked than someone else because they wanted to focus on the story and they wanted to focus on the development of that and maybe now not exactly same situation but with this game they you know did that to focus less on oh i'm fighting a snake oh i'm fighting a bull it's like i'm fighting this kind of not necessarily mythological but this creature and it's nefarious and that's all you really know about it you don't know like oh it's a snake um you know snakes do this it's a snicky snake okay well that's right and so i think that in in both ways it's like a double-edged sword to its favor ori doesn't look like anything else we've ever seen it kind of looks like a little bit of a fox a little bit of a lemur a little bit of this a little bit of that so um but it doesn't really look like anything. So that is able to set itself apart from anything else at the same time, because we can't really identify what it is. That's going to make it to where some people are put off by that because some, as we all know, people like to put things in a category and identify things very, very discernibly. So it's going to make it difficult for some people to connect to that. So I understand that, but uh, to answer your question, Morgan, he's the spirit. <laughs> that was my favorite thing ever. Like a long winded way. I love how Shay had a, a very casual thread in there. It reminded me of my wife when she's like, "We will talk about this later." Um, like, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's always a, my thing. I'm scared. My nature is to be long winded. That's how yeah. I live my life. I, it just occurred to me, guys. <laughs> I think defining an iconic character is a lot like pornography. You know, I don't, I can't define <laughs> it, but I know it when I see it. Oh god. Well, I have I have cleared you know guidelines for that rich which you'll probably hate. Um 69% of our audience said no, Jesse is not iconic from Control. Um 75% of our audience said no, ukulele is not iconic which my daughter was really pissed off about. Hilarious. So that's the that's the fucked up thing about this. Ukulele. The banjo we rip off is not iconic. Go figure. The fucked up thing about this is I think the design of ukulele is iconic. I think the game is not good enough and it did not yeah. sell enough. Yeah, the game is um, not good enough for it to come across. The design is solid. The, solid. Uh ukulele in the impossible layer is, is a far better is game. amazing. And it's kind of a shame it didn't come out first because I think had that been the first game, Maybe people it could have been different. Yeah, yeah. If they had started with that and then the sequel was now we're going to do an homage to Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, mm. 
Anyways, exactly. it's, it sucks because the design there is like exactly like. It's really good. It's the one thing that fucking Ori's missing. Oh, is like, ah, drives me crazy. I'd say mo- like all of the character designs in that game are, are pretty great. Yeah. Like Trouser, um, Shovel Knight is in there in 3D, yeah. which is kind of yeah. wild. Mm-hmm. Well, all the people involved in that were, well, a lot of people involved in that were classic people from Rare, so. Yes, um, right. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate because it does have a really cool design. But yeah, Banjo Kazooie was first. I kind of, I don't know why it made me think of this. It's a slightly different thing. But if Mighty Number no. Nine had came out before Mega Man, Mighty Number no. Nine's design, like the main character, is kind of cool. But the game is absolute shit, and it was received so as bad. such. It, yeah, so bad. Imagine if it was a good game and that was released before Mega Man or Rockman, as it's called in Japan. Well, the, maybe that would have been the iconic character. Rock and roll. The, yeah, these 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 games that are inspired heavily, I get that point because it was inspired heavily by like a Banjo Kazooie. I think that the reason I put it in there was that I was at my daughter's book fair, and I kid you not, they had they had this children's book that had like classic video game characters on the front, and for some reason, ukulele was on there, and I was like, I was taken back by it. I was like, are kids gonna grow up thinking ukulele is like a See, classic character? I don't know. That's me that's out. insane to me because like it's again ukulele, great design, but in my head, it's like well, ukulele is not iconic because it'll always live in the shadow of the characters well, it's trying to emulate. Children don't. No, no, that. you're right. I, I understand that, but what I'm saying is like. That's an insane idea to me. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. fair. That's fair. Um, all right, so yeah, he got smacked out of there, and then the very last one was a lot of winners here, uh, so we can start to get to those. So the first tier of winners that we got to. All right, this is fun. This is good stuff. I'm just going in order. This is the low tier of Iconics. They made the lists. Everyone give yourself a pat on the back. Sans, Josh, um, you picked uh, Sans? Is it pronounced Sans? Or Sans? It's, well, there's no voice acting in the game, so however you Iconic read it. Sans. Yes, this is the probably first time Sans life, because that's how the word because, is pronounced. Right. But yeah, I would bet it's Sans Words. because you know, comic Sans. Yes, um, he did get in the mid fifties for the vote of yes, just barely. You made it, Josh. So he makes the low yeah, tier. He really should be I- higher than that. He has he has wrestlers dressing up as him. That, that's true. Well, that's but, actually a negative in your favor, Josh. I'm sorry. No, it's not. Wrestlers really are nerdy, so that mm-hmm. may... Like, no, but wrestlers, I mean, come on. Listen, just because you don't like something, Morgan. <laughs> I, jo- I'm surprised Josh was the one bringing... I mean, look, however you make your case, Josh, I respect that, but I'm surprised Josh was the one no, bringing the wrestlers. No, the game. game itself has had so many iconic characters coming from it, and I think he's probably one of the stronger ones. There's so many, I mean, though. but He was definitely, like, the first to really be, like, in that uh, meme culture of that Undertale spawned and everything. Yeah, so yeah. that's, that's kind of why I went with, with, with Sans there. Um, it, it hit the... It was hard for me to find some... Like, the, rev- the reviews for that game, it hit the, bar- the mark there. Like, that game was very well-received critically. Um, it did have, like you said, a level of... A, a mild level of cultural impact just from like Twitch and streamers and stuff like that. Um, I felt a little bit out of the loop because it was something that I wasn't really familiar with. And I kind of try to do this for a living. I don't know a lot about songs. I don't think I've really, I've seen that thing before, but I'm also, you know, I see a lot of this stuff, so I didn't know a lot about it. Um, I don't know as far as the sales go. Uh, I'm sure they were really good, but like, I, I'm guessing the reason it was probably in that lower tier is just because 
you know, Undertale was a the kind of game that'll sell a million copies and it's a huge success. You know, it's a a small, more independent project. It's not going to be something that's like, you know, mm-hmm. going to sell ten million copies. Um, and that's again, whenever we say this stuff, it's not a ding against the quality of the game. It's just, and I mean, to be yeah. fair, Undertale did did kind of set the world on fire. The world of gaming, at the very least, like, I, I don't it, know. It is I, a big indie. Yeah. Um, it said by the end of so the last you know figures I had on although that was a long time ago actually five hundred thousand copies. Who who knows? Who numbers? Who oh, who numbers? Who and I don't think like me and Shay have never even played Undertale, so it's just like I feel like I need to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, oh, I've seen the character. Damn, that someone was asking me about some of the best RPGs that I've played recently. And I didn't even think about that one because it doesn't even register as an RPG because it's such a, such a subversion of what an RPG is. Did you play um, but, uh, part part one of Deltarune, Josh? No, I still need to get around to playing I, that. Yeah, same here. It fucking... I did not... Ugh, don't stay away from it. It's not. Well, you, you didn't play is. Undertale. No, I, it's exactly what I I hope that's I nothing like Undertale because it is not, I don't think, what you think well, it is. You probably don't I think you don't know what Undertale is. is. Well, right. but Delta Rune didn't even have like a, an De- impact really as far no, no. as De- Delta Rune is meant to be an homage to under like it, you're supposed to have played Undertale going into It's a into sequel, that. more or less. Well, I assume that like it would still have the general spirit of Undertale that I might you know get really into. It's very self-referential, uh, is my understanding. It's I, I there's almost no reason to play that if you haven't yeah, played. It'd be Undertale. like starting Kentucky Route Zero in Chapter Five or something. I did that. By accident. Just Didn't realize until I was an hour um, in. So, yeah. So, it did. So, I think it definitely belongs in that that I lower iconic tier, Josh. So, congratulations. You got one in there. Ding. Uh, this one shocked me the most. I know Shay will probably show up back from the bath in the middle of this. Um, this this one, for me, shocked me the most. I guess he can still hear us when he has his headphones off, which is weird. Um Hollow Knight only got a 52% yes. I was really surprised by that. Uh, that was one of my three choices. Mm. So, weird. Yeah, that was on I my short I'm list. By I'm it. not surprised either, because I also think he has a weaker design, personally. Um, Which one was that? Sorry, I just got back Hollow from Knight. Hollow Knight. Yeah, I made, a, I made an extensive list on this before I decided on the top three. And he was short list, but also... I I think he's he's meant again he's meant to be almost like the main character in Dark Souls not a character um, he doesn't even have a name in the game he becomes the Hollow Knight because you take mm-hmm. that role from the Hollow Knight the Hollow Knight is somebody else before you steal his job and murder him well he's um, on your shirt right there Josh I can see it yeah exactly he has no name until you kill the Hollow Knight to become the Hollow Knight. It's like Jack right. Hogar. I mean, yeah. He has no name. Yep. He, it's like being the Highlander. Exactly. It's exactly like that. But I do. I think What's there were stronger, <laughs> stronger characters in there. Like I really, I think Hornet is a much stronger character design. Very similar, but just like stands out. You preferred that yeah. design more. It's more. It unique. seems like almost a more designed version of Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like the simplicity of Hall Knight. I think it. I do I too. Works. I really love the design. I just. I, I don't. Oh, it's a great. As far yeah, as standing look. out, I just didn't. Didn't feel like he's as strong. 
Nah, he. I think. He, I think he's more popular than you guys give him credit for the games and him in general. So no, I. Yeah. It made perfect sense that he would win. No, I thought he well, would win as well, but I was anyway. Like I said, well, I made a long yeah. list and was aiming for the top. I wasn't there, surprised but, by what a small margin he yeah, won. Yeah, that's by. what I was going like, to say, Shay. Maybe you missed this when you're in the lavatory. He he only got fifty two percent of the vote, which was lower than. I really expected. Um, he barely hanging lost, in there. No, been, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not surprised that he won. Like I knew he was gonna win. I'm just. I'm fucking with you. Yeah. I was like, I, I what is happening here? Am I okay? Anyways, am I so going crazy? He does make it in that. I think really the big thing here is that game was a huge success, but like two million copies or whatever. I actually have the sales numbers here because I tried to do research. Um, Hollow Knight. So that's what his research usually sounds like. Classic research yeah. sounds. <laughs> That's not the same. Like it's a montage, and it's just him, his mouth going. It's just a montage of that for two minutes. What are you fucking speaker? Wiping his brow. The numbers I had found had it about about two two and a half million copies all combined, which is very successful, but in the term of like. You know the highest icons. It's it's nothing, and that's that's the weird thing about these these indie games now is like three million and a great character, and they're a massive success. But it's it's not necessarily like if Hollow Knight had come out on the Super Nintendo when you were eight, and everybody had a copy of it. You know, maybe maybe that would have been different. Maybe not. I don't know. It's like Metroid. Like same. The world's as, a different place. Yes, yes. But it did make the ring, you know, of honor just barely. So there is some value in that for our list, because mm-hmm. uh, you know, Chomp I see your value now. <laughs> you see my value. Thank you. Um, uh, I'm looking for the all the fifties. Sorry, there was. Oh, I was pretty happy about this. At fifty six percent, I got BB into the iconic range, which made me very, very happy. Um, well, it's important to have an icon to associate with bad games. It's. <laughs> I mean, but something that's to the put on the thing. warning sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I think weirdly enough, like one thing a lot of people that don't know anything about games will always remember is Norman Reedus carrying that damn baby on his stomach. Yeah, like especially after it accidentally happened in real life, months after the game came out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He really stumbled yeah. into that one. Well, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kojima's world. We're just living in yep. it. Well, Can't believe we just created this icon out of seemingly unknowing knowing this i don't know i just it just happened i guess it's magic i mean yeah the the i was i always thought it was but i mean it's not going to be the mount rushmore stuff at least unless there's like two or three death strandings but i don't think there will be i think that'll probably only be one i would have to guess but i mean yeah you the look of the the, the norman reed walking around with that baby like people that don't know anything about that game know what the hell that stupid thing is um it's just there's no other yeah. games where you, a man carries a baby in a jar on his stomach there are yeah. zero no no like bb that. is a don't say things you in, can't take back he's iconic in, in the way the master sword is as a piece of equipment for the actual character to carry around you, you know what that's what dead man tried to tell me josh and i told him to fuck off <laughs> Trying to te- tell me babies are equipment. This if is... they had let you just incinerate it in that first hour and then the credits rolled, I would have been like, that was a pretty good game. I hate you. <laughs> Don't say things you can't take back, Rich. I saw Twitch streamers crying about that's. I don't, man. People get too caught up in those Twitch streamer videos when they cry to stuff. I had more of a connection to uh, 
to my cube. To the wrench from Bioshock. Well, the, yeah, that too, but to the to the cube, my companion cube. Oh, the weighted companion yeah, cube? Yeah, the weighted companion cube. You killed him. Mm-hmm. Well, not <laughs> I, and I'll tell you this. I have a giant BB toy, so... Um, anyways, yes, thank you, audience, for getting BB into the lower tier, right next to Hollow Knight and Sans. Makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Feel good! Feel good! Alright, uh, let's see here. There's, Moving on. There's no other 50s, so now we get to move into the 60s. So this is the second tier. This is the um, a B tier, if you will, of icons, okay? 67% to be from near uh, Automata. There we go. Now, I will say a lot of people just messaged me very perverted things. Um, I I think the reason for me, not just because I love near, um, I remember being surprised at how much the cosplay community took off with uh, 2B. Um, There was even my wife was like, yeah, I see that 2B character like everywhere on my Twitter timeline. And that's not necessarily a gauge of being truly an icon. I still think that game is a little probably too weird on the fringes. And I I definitely would not put it in a Mount Rushmore. But for me, it was definitely iconic. And I was happy to see 67% of our audience. Almost 70. That would have been... If we could have gotten the 70s, I think we could have had a really cool discussion. But 67% of our audience said yes, they thought Mm -hmm. 2B was iconic. What do you guys think of that? Yep. She was another on my short list. Yep. That's a fair one Definitely considered to be i feel like yeah and like you said people are indoctrinated with that character whether they played the game or not yeah they are they are like at at first i was like to be really and then or not to be nah shut up and (laughs) and the more i thought about it yeah it is permeated a little bit more pop culture is it and that would make sense and i think that would give credence to your earlier comments of um, there are tiers of being iconic because yeah, I wouldn't ever put it up in like S or A tier. Not for not sure. not like, an Alboy territory. No, no. certainly not. <laughs> and certainly not Fred Al- Durst territory. Alboy don't have an ass like that. Let me tell you, she's she's no Cubert. I tell you. <laughs> no, but but what is? Um, uh, not Cuba. coily. Um, I mean that red cap was iconic. Now, Let's be honest. I like the wizard from Qbert. Now this word cap gets. All more right, of a so snake thank you, guy. Myself. Oh, coily, coily was the jam. Yeah. God, that's uh, the only thing Qbert said. He would go coily. Mm-hmm. With this, with the same percentage of votes, Tracer did get in as an iconic uh, character. Of course, she's on everything from Overwatch. Basically, it's an extremely one of the most popular games of the um, last year. Yeah, the last several years, transcendent in the sort of cosplay community as well, and the only person on the box. Really, I thought about this, guys. What are, what's your take on this? Whoever they put on that box probably would have been the icon, but it just ended up being Tracer. Do you think I'm crazy there? No, I don't think Not so. Not all I, of I, them. I think there but are ones that would have missed, but most most of them. It should have been Winston. Winston could have pulled it off. Do you think? I don't think okay. they would have made it happen with Bastion, with basically any of the characters. You just don't get the humanity doesn't come across. Um, That's fair. There's a, yeah. There's yeah, a Zenyatta, Zenyatta definitely would not have been yeah. an icon. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the character funny. himself is no, great, yeah. but the just the design on the, the box. It's not something that's instantly. You know? 
just Reaper would you know, have though. Reaper would have, I think. He would have, and then we would never edge, be able to ri- get rid of the Lord. fucking Call of Duty Bros. I know. I I the, agree. It should have been yeah, Junkrat. The chat would be even more of a cesspool than it already is. They had Reaper. Well, been could you imagine that? The, like the main yeah, character on the they, box. The character that they the character that they would have put on the box would have totally changed the perception of that game of people going in. Like if they put in Reaper, for example, at the front of the box, like it's a totally different game at that point. People are like, because that game is so much made up the multiplayer community. It would probably be even more toxic than it is right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's the word? I don't want to mispronounce this. Is it androgynous? Androgynous. You yeah. mailed it. I'm proud. I, of I think that's a Good big job, buddy. We're all real proud. I think that's. I'm not. A, I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being sincere. Good job. I. I think that's part of the appeal. I mean, look. I. I think. Well, let's not get in that. Um. I think yeah, that no, that's part and of being the, androgynous is definitely a plus. That's why Flea is the best character in Chrono Trigger. Everybody love that. That mm-hmm. went over my head, Josh. I'm sorry. Go play Chrono Trigger, and we'll um, wait. Mm-hmm. But Tracer. I remember the first time I played it. I actually picked. Uh, her first and I was it was a very difficult character to play because she would dash all over the place and I was like whoa what the fuck is happening here um, but yes I agree I would have I would have probably went with Tracer as well so the first Overwatch character I played was Bastion and he was very different hmm. when I played him in the original build of Overwatch yeah. many years ago at a convention mm-hmm. when you were when a he turned into a turret he had a shield, yeah, and oh, it was really? ridiculously he was even stronger than he was at launch. And like they've continually nerfed him because he's a noob stomper, and so it's one of those things where it doesn't feel good to have him in the game because at lower levels he just destroys people. But like really, he kind of needs the shield to be competitive at higher tiers because everyone he else had a realizes real good oh, shield. He can't move. And that's the easiest thing in the world to counter, but yeah, yep, it's just so much raw damage coming out that yeah, yeah, they they couldn't let that, that stand. It's just like no, it just it makes it makes the in- introduction to the game way too harsh while you're trying to learn what's going on to just be destroyed that quickly. So at that time, it was also really easy to set up as a turret as Bastion right on the payload, mm-hmm. which was hilarious. Um. All right, so we're oh, and I uh, I feel this is embarrassing. I'm sorry, I did forget one in the fifty percent tier, but we need to talk about this because it's big. Fifty two percent said alloy from, um, or is it alloy? Alloy, alloy, it's alloy. It's alloy. the word is alloy, alloy. but the th- the but it's they pronounce the name. Yeah, alloy. there's a bunch of words. It's a that play they on do- alloy, right? Well, no, no yes. that's the thing. Like there yes. are a bunch of English words that have become mispronounced over the years since the apocalypse happened. And uh, and her name is one of them. So I got a hot take here that people may or may not like, but I've been thinking a lot about this. People don't realize how, and or maybe they do, and I'm just being a dick. How big Horizon Zero Dawn was? That game sold. I, I was reading this almost like 10 million copies, which is yeah. fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah. Um, Going to sell I more once I can buy game, it on PC. I'm telling yeah, I'll you, buy guys, it again, like, gladly. Yeah. When I worked at GameStop, when that game was. Like they were taking pre-orders for it shortly before it came out, and I was there right when it released. Dude, everyone wanted that fucking game. Everyone was pre-ordering that game. Everyone was excited. They marketed it correctly. Mm-hmm. They they did everything right with that game, and it is yeah. in terms of and leading the game up was great. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a great game. I think the percentage should be a little bit higher on that one, just personally, but... Same. Yeah. Same. 100%. Yeah, I think it's her so as a low. character... I think she has enough distinction to her, but you know, I, here's my here's my hot take. I think that by the if they make a Horizon two and a Horizon three, and those games end up being even better uh, and selling about the same, I could see this being like, yeah, ending up closer to that Mount Rushmore if, if yeah, it has that I sort think of an impact. I just sent you, I sent you guys an article just a you few did. about thirty minutes ago. They are planning to make it a trilogy. Yeah, that's. I think that's why they decided to hold to do the whole release it on other platforms thing to try to build hype going into that, um, and then go, yep. yeah, oh, Horizon by 2's the way, PS Five. I yeah. guess I should get a PS5. yeah, sort of like the Arms character coming to uh, to Smash. Yeah, we're all really stoked yeah. about yeah. that. By the way, I think, just want to slip that in as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I think it has potential but in the, the same way that maybe. If we did this vote right when Crash Bandicoot came out, I think that maybe it would be kind of the same. But after Crash Bandicoot 3, people were like, oh, that's that's Sony's Mario. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. maybe this will have because. Yeah, everyone uh, knows Bandicoots wear pants. That, well, is and, that not John Cena? Well, mm-hmm. if you look and at And the, they collect Wumpa fruit. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the quality of the games increased so much after the first Crash Bandicoot that, like, I was looking at the reviews for Horizon and the sales. The reviews for Horizon were really good. They were 89 Metacritic, which for me is close enough to round it up. But there was this weird sentiment, if you guys remember, with us, with other people, where we got to Game of the Year and we're like, man, that game was amazing. But when it came to, like, Game of the Year, we're like, no, no, not Game of the Year, but but great game. Do you kind of, do you remember that sort of talk that we had? Y- y- yeah, it was 2016, right? There was 17, two, 2017. Was it 17? Both... The last five years, the last, the last several years have been so ridiculously dense with good games that a game that comes out that early in the year is going to have a hard time being remembered at the end of the year, which is kind of unfortunate. Like it was, yeah, it's I kind of an issue with at this that point. Ga- I think what we settled on with that game, and I remember you making this comment, Morgan. Um, which I wholeheartedly agreed with. It is a great game. It does a lot of things right. It's a gorgeous game, has an interesting story, has an interesting protagonist, but nothing in particular about that game other than like the the tech of the the creatures the that you're fighting. Yeah, yeah. Really stands out and like brings it to that next level. You had said that it is a very good game, but it's also a very safe by the books triple yeah. A game. I don't which I a hundred percent agree that with. Game would just be, like they need something extra to vault it up to that level. It, it, yeah. Or or just something less. That game would be so much better if they just removed the combat against human sections. So much better. Just it would trim it down to you're getting to just the great parts of the combat. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the story true. had I more always, of an impact, like... I always, I didn't enjoy fighting the humans as much. Like going to the camps and yeah. like having to sneak. That around feels and like fight basically that's a good point. Any other sort of action open world game, once you get to that point, right? Um, which is yeah, yeah, it's kind of sad by comparison. And they and you know that tech, anyways. Yeah, I I agree. And that's I'm just trying to guess why that was lower than maybe I expected it to be. So. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very surprising. Mm-hmm. It was. But it did make it into the icon tier. Just barely. It got in there. Watch that one in 10 years as we do our predictions. All right, so... Yeah. And Especially again, if sequels height. come out, like, you know, we were saying. I, I assume that'll go up with time. Um. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Uh, all right, so... 
as Rich mentioned earlier as a joke, I did throw um, Shovel Knight in there. Not actually a joke, but sort of a test the water kind of a thing. And yeah, um, Shovel Knight crushed it. It had 82% of the votes saying it was iconic. People just love that damn design. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it's... I remember talking to one of our ex-podcasters, Fish, about this when he's in the store. And, you know, Fish doesn't give a shit about anything. But he would just be, like, walking around the store, and he was like, yeah, I saw this Shovel Knight game at at, uh, GameStop, and I was just looking at the box art for, like, five minutes. I was like, man, that looks cool. I want to play that. And I was like, yeah, it's, like, exactly what I did. (laughs) So, um, because the game itself is... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. You finish. I've been interrupting. She said... Um, uh, yeah, no, I, uh, <laughs> I, I think the game itself is really good. I think it's sold well. I think the character designs are just the strongest part of it. Um, it's hard for me to necessarily put it on the Mount Rushmore, which I think people might disagree with. And I think the reason for me was I looked up the sales and also that game has a much lower Metacritic than you might think. Well, when it was released, it had a 85 Metacritic um, which I was thinking would be in the 90s. So I absolutely agree it's iconic, but mostly from a design perspective. Um, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anyone would disagree with you on it not being higher up than it already is because it's pretty high, but it's not at that tier. It's not at the Mega Man, Mario, Pikachu, uh, Link tier. And it ne- I don't think it ever will be. I think it'll always be a tier below that. The Sanic but tier? It, <clears throat> Sanic. Wait, you don't put Sanic in those same tiers? Hmm. I don't think what? Sorry. Well, I was asking Rich, you don't put Sonic in those? No, I, I, just, I was just saying I do. No, no he's he saying that tier that's lower. Sonic's at the same level of Mario and all the others, is what he was saying. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Sanic yeah. is in a tier all his own. Oh, that's gotcha. right. That's Sans. That's Sonic. right. Gotcha. The crazy weird uncle tier. But Gotta go fast. I, yeah. I th- <laughs> <laughs> You go fast, you get your own tier. No, I think I think he's definitely an iconic character, and it makes perfect sense that he's up there. And yeah, yeah, he works. He's yeah, a knight with a shovel. Cool. How great is that? Come on, shovel knight's it's so awesome. goddamn good. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Shovel knight has permeated. He has permeated more other forms of video games than I would have expected. And to be totally yes. honest with you, I think a good portion of that um, has to do with the nature of him belonging to Yacht Club, who is an indie company, and is a little more open to all these collabs than, like, Nintendo would be with a character like Mario. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're a little more open to doing shit like that, which kind of is awesome for the sake of the character. Um, And Yacht Club continuing to put out good stuff. Shovel Knight Dig is awesome. if if, If more companies were willing to kind of share some of their, like, what they create, with other companies and there's more crossover more freely. Yeah. I felt like, because that was such a huge thing in the nineties and like crossover was like kind of its own sub genre, sub category, especially in the nineties, like so many TV shows and games and other things were doing that. It would be really, really cool to see that. Imagine if, you were playing Aloy, and then all of a sudden you see fucking Solid Snake just running around. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Spike from Ape Escape. Well, you know it's funny you mentioned that Shay because you do see some Horizon stuff in Death Stranding. Um, <clears throat> weirdly enough, but um, there and is actually 
I didn't. I, I don't remember if I told you this, Morgan. You see some Death Stranding stuff in Days Gone. Oh yeah, like that's right. Like, like while you walk around. No, motorcycle. there's a motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. You get the you get the BB on your motorcycle in Days Gone. Yeah, I know. I was just making a joke about um how the gameplay of Death Stranding. Ha ha ha! Like in both of those games, you walk. <laughs> Uh, and for the record, uh, if anyone cares, I have Shovel Knight sitting at, um, sorry, oh, here we go, I was just looking up some sales, and I failed to do that. Two million sold! Bada 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 but that was, so, uh, but that was a little while ago, so let's put it about maybe three-ish. Six of five. those are my purchases. Jesus. The, I think I've the, bought that game on so many platforms. The big thing that'll determine that is like where does it go from here? Like what the next Shovel Knight product is. All this they keep adding on to the same well, fucking game. Like when well, they no, make no 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 no, new, no 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 no. They're they're done. They Yeah, that was the last one. That they they just, finished all their Kickstarter goals. Yeah. I mean Shovel Knight 2. I don't think we see that for a while, and I think deservedly so. Um, I mean I Yacht Club is probably going to do something different before they do Shovel Knight 2. They're publishing um, that game that I feel really bad I can't remember the name of because I actually really like the demo. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think it'd be better for them creatively to be like, okay, we need to do something else. Like Shovel Knight Two, that makes sense, just not right now. Well, I think they wasted. No, we don't need to get into that. I just think they wasted their time on a lot of those extra things. Too. They by there are things they promised fulfilling to do. Kickstarter goals. Also, time. all of those extra things were fantastic, so I couldn't disagree with you more. Yeah. Weirdly enough, some of the add-ons that they did were in some ways better than the original game. Oh, yes. Well, um, Spectre of Torment ways. is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, all right. Oh, and Shovel Knight Dig. is. It, I played a little bit of that at PAX as well, and that was a lot of fun. Um, oh, here we got a real barn burner. It's time to get to it. This one surprised even me. 70% of, oh, wait, 73% of our audience said that they thought Arthur Morgan was iconic. Um, what game is he from? That's so many wrong people. Well, we have a bunch of people that voted very differently on this very podcast. Uh, I'm still confused. What game is he from? Is that the guy from Ghost of Red 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 Redemption Auto. 2 is what he's from. <clears throat> oh, okay. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and believe Josh, it or not, I agree. Yeah. I voted. For, I also voted for him to to be yes. He is iconic. Oh, interesting. I think he's okay. more interesting than John Marston. That's what uh, I, I think. He, I think he was, was until Red Dead Redemption 2. Oddly enough, I think Marston at least has a character in two. Yeah, that's uh, uh, Marston's definitely a more interesting character than he was in the original. Yeah, he is. Um, that doesn't account for much. I don't you know, you get to the uh, fucking ep- know if I'd say he's iconic. When you get to the epilogue, uh, you get to play as John Marston, which is pretty cool. I'm aware of that. That was the shittiest part of that game. How dare you? <laughs> get to build. It was. Here's, it was like watching paint I'll dry. Say, here's what I'm gonna say for my reason why I put him as yes, he is iconic and i don't think he's quite at the tier that he was voted as i'd say he's like a low fringe tier of iconic because when i think about rockstar games i don't think about a lot of characters i think about games i think about 
worlds. I think about the cool, fun things it is to do in those games. Now, either John Marsden or Arthur Morgan, take your pick. It doesn't really matter. Um, I think both of those characters are pretty iconic and memorable in their own right. And when I think Rockstar, those those two names are the ones that pop up in my brain are John Marsden and Arthur Morgan. I, I There aren't any yeah. other characters that Rockstar has done that I can remember better than those. And Max granted, Payne. Well, <laughs> <laughs> does, that, does the game have to be good, though? Max Payne is great. I won't accept um, any other... Uh... I, Any I, other answer to that question? I thought a lot about this because I was torn. I The only thing that Josh says that I, I kind of agree with is that it would be hard to pick him out of a, a lineup, um, even though me and Josh don't really agree on anything when it comes to... That nobody's... Yeah, nobody's... Ah, fuck, what's his name even? John Marston is the, the other one. God mm-hmm. damn it. So iconic. Um, so it's it's Duke and Micah... Fuck! What's this? What's the what's this bastard's name? Who are you talking about? I don't. Know. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. I have no idea what his name is. Arthur Morgan. There we that 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 fucker. That's the guy. That's the guy. Because, I see your ploy, Josh. Like, that doesn't. <laughs> that's that was not a ploy. I had no fucking clue what his <laughs> name was, and we've been talking about him for the last five minutes. You're too smart to um, think about that. That's He's so customizable between all the clothes you can wear, between whether you choose to shave or not, what you can have his hair look like, that nobody's Arthur Morgan looks like anybody's anybody else's Arthur Morgan. Um, and the man he's, underneath he's an is basically nondescript. Um, well, I mean, this, like so... I, I mentioned, I mentioned this in in chat earlier. I feel like his walk is more iconic than the character itself. Yeah, he's more about, to me, he's more like Commander Shepard iconic, um, which, because I think Commander Shepard is iconic, but, I mean, obviously, Jeddah Shepard is just, there's no character design there. It's just nothing. Um, But everyone's Commander Shepard looked, you know, drastically different, and it was more, and in those cases, so Mm -hmm. I think that the best case you can make for it, for like a result like this, because, you know, obviously the sales were there and the reception was there and all that stuff, and probably even some of the outside impact stuff, but I think if everyone's Arthur Morgan looked differently and maybe there was some of that Commander Shepard iconic going on there, you know? Yeah, I can see that. I think I think I have a compromise here. I think we say the horse's balls uh, shrinking and growing. <laughs> that is in Red Dead Two is, is absol- the most iconic character. No, that is the most iconic thing from that game. Absolutely, yeah, actually, it really kind of is because that's the thing that most people talk about when they talk about that game. Yeah, granted, it's a meme, but yeah, I was gonna say what, what most people are talking about. Um, yeah, I don't know if I put him on the Mount Rushmore iconic just because I feel like you need to have multiple games, which I think well, is you need something why... swinging beneath that mountain. Uh, like some big hairy clackers. <laughs> we have knockers and clackers. <laughs> Coincidentally Knock- enough, when I whenever I meet a woman off of Tinder, she's like, "Hey, you got those big hairy clackers?" And I'm like, "Yep." We're good. Stop <laughs> calling here. <laughs> but that's fucked up. They assume just because you're American that they're hairy. All right, let's see here. We have and they're oh. big and they clack. <laughs> they I'm musical actually- when I walk. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you're a drummer too, so you can clack them to a nice rhythm. My it's balls are playing polyrhythms as I'm walking. There's a metronome dangling between his legs. <laughs> Metro. My left ball's playing three four. My right ball's playing eight eight. Mm hmm. Very impressive. Yeah, that was considering just like the two it. legs. They've got. To- uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy, yeah. honestly. <laughs> All right, so this is the only one that I really take issue with. So I'm gonna let you guys squirt your load here before I make everyone mad. The goose. Um, it did get 77 percent of the audience said that the goose mm-hmm. is iconic from Untitled Goose Game. They're correct. They are. They are absolutely correct. 100% correct. And and actually, I was talking about this with uh, a lot of listeners on uh, on Wednesday about how sore you were going to be that the goose was that high up on the list. I feel like that's part of the joke. People just voting the goose to piss me off in a weird well, way. Well, it's such a strange thing to be pissed how off How would about. anyone know it was going to bother you before they voted for it? I mean, like, not well, to they be specifically, on Wednesday. but like, like, oh, let's much. It's like the spirit of the goose game is sort of like creating mischief, right? I feel like voting for the goose is creating mischief. For, yeah, for, but also you, you get that instantly from looking at the goose. Like you, you understand the whole character it after watching like a, a five second clip of that game. Like you're like, oh, he's an asshole. Yeah. I, you realize that game permeated pop culture so much when that game released there were like very famous actors and actresses musicians sports stars actually playing that game and they were putting themselves on youtube talking about it or po- posting on twitter yeah. talking about it. that game really permeated pop culture this past uh since its release it released at the end of last year right or is it the beginning uh, of this year yeah it was last fall it it did yeah. no. I'm with you guys on that. Like yeah, was, it was last fall because I was playing it at the airport when I was going to Orlando. It had a it had a strong Twitch following as well. Like it was, it became a little bit of a yes. I agree. It did have like it, it checked that box sort of the impact in society. 100 percent agree with you guys on that. Um, the <laughs> I mean, look, we can fight all day about this, but there's no. It's just a goose, man. There's no character design there. It's a fucking goose. I mean, granted, maybe I'd give Arthur Morgan more credit if the title of Red Dead Redemption Two were untitled Arthur Morgan game. Yeah, it could be that. Because then at least I'd remember. Oh, that's His the name. game he's from. Yeah, I'd li- I like. I remember. I remember the wildlife that just run into you for no reason more than I remember Arthur Morgan. Well, yeah, I remember. I remember them more than than him. Just like the deer that you'll be sneaking around, and some just motherfucking deer who's had a bad day runs right into your back. And here we are. Here we are. This would have been a perfect time for a crossover. Exactly. Random (laughs) goose. Fucking goose. (laughs) Just fucking pegs him. The goose from Untitled Goose. Yep. That would have been amazing. Here. He just comes up and takes your rare pelt. Mm-hmm. Oh. I think the the biggest thing for me, and you, and this is just me trying to be objective here, okay? I, <laughs> I'm bracing for it because I know it's not going to be objective. No, strap in, guys. It absolutely. We put on is. my objective I, pants. I I think. Wait, wait, wait! Before you say it, we're going to give you two minutes to look up the definition of objective if you want. <laughs> I I think the idea of the design of the goose being iconic is. Whatever. That's a personal opinion I can live with you guys disagreeing on. I'm looking at the general reception of that game, my own opinion of the game, people I know that have played the game. It wasn't a great game. And I don't think you can have a great... I disagree 100%. The reviews were not very good. And I played it and I think it was a great game. 
I thought it was a fantastic game. It's simple. Well, it's t- easy to get. Easy I'm to talking pick up. about larger impact reception. Like you're not going to find a game with a seventy meta seventy something meta score that's considered iconic. It's just not going to happen. It just Why shows not? that there are far too many assholes right who uh, didn't realize that they are probably the target of basically everyone around them. Their ire. They're they're, they're the gardener. There are far too many people in games journalism who are the gardener, is what this turns out to be. Also, 70 is not a bad score. We're not talking about it bad, really we're talking about iconic. There I don't was, think that's really a one-for-one one mean, thing, though. No, none of the game games we've fa- discussed have been in anything like that. But just because the data doesn't line up doesn't mean that it doesn't work out in this instance. What I, what I want to interject here is, to be fair, there have been some really bad Sonic games that have been voted below 70 Metacritic, yet he's still iconic. There's and like, like, most like, of them are Like bad. 90% of them. <laughs> There's like two good ones. Sonic 2 and Sonic 1. Oh, and Sonic Mania, but I'm sorry. To, on the flip side of that, the first Sonic game is up higher exactly. in Metacritic score. Exactly. Um, of course, the later Sonic games I will games say suck. this. I, I will say you saying you don't like the game is not an objective opinion, and saying pairing that with other people didn't like it still doesn't make it objective. I will say that. It, I'm going to well. be objective here. I didn't like it. I know other people who didn't like it. Well, no, we're, I think we're missing <laughs> the point of this discussion is like, that's also, fine. If Bubsy's... you guys like the game, I'm not, I think there's value in that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying a okay-ish game by general critical reception is not generally considered to have an iconic character. You can't the, really define iconic. Every, uh, but also, uh, well, th- wait, hold on. I'm going to back you up here. I think most people would consider Bubsy iconic, and all Bubsy games are hot garbage. Want me to do a Bubsy poll? I mean, <laughs> Arthur Morgan somehow made it on there, and that's in a fucking garbage fire of a game. Who? Who made it on there? Arthur Morgan? That guy who gets run over by wildlife. Yes, but see, you're the one, Josh, I'm just saying, this is nothing It's your opinion. I'm, I'm not trying to start a Red Dead argument. I'm just saying that you have sort of an outlier opinion compared to the critical consensus. I think your opinion on Goose Game is an outlier. I'm looking at the Metacritic I, right now. Here's, hold on, real quick, real quick, guys. One thing I wanted to say, and I think this is kind of going to kind of be the middle ground, because I am the middle ground here in this particular okay. one, is I think... The Goose from Untitled Goose Game is very popular right now, and it's very memorable right now, and I think it is nipping at the heels of being iconic. It's going to be interesting in the next five to ten years to see if people still see the picture Remember of it. the Goose from Untitled Goose Game, and they know exactly where it's from. If, yeah. it, if well, that yeah. does happen, then absolutely iconic. I could see it going both ways, though. I think that it is a very memorable yeah. character, but I could it also could be see an it. of the time thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. So maybe it's not going to be iconic. Maybe it's just it feels iconic right now because it is so memorable. But I could also uh, see it going yes. the other way, too. And I'll just say, Morgan, I, I, I get what you're saying and what you're like. Your logic here makes perfect sense to me. But I just don't think like saying, well, like all these other iconic games, like the iconic thing's not a one to one for me. Like there's no real solid reliable way to measure that i i agree that it's difficult for to the idea of measuring something like being iconic i guess what i'm saying is if this the goose had been in the 50s i would have been more okay with it i i think the idea that it's that high with some of the other ones for me is is where i took issue with it well and i think that's just part of the discussion here because like you you spent the beginning of the 
um, topic saying that like you think there are tiers of it, which is what we're trying to go through. That's the through line yes. of this whole discussion. And then so for you to say that other people didn't like it and it had a 70 Metacritic score, it shouldn't be iconic, kind of goes against that through line that you've been setting up throughout this whole topic, unfortunately. But I will agree with you. It seems a little bit high. And then you consider someone like Aloy and she's so low. Yes, and that's I mean. the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the problem of taking just stats as is because you have to consider, and this is the scientist part of me, you have to consider demographics and who actually saw, who actually voted, so on and so forth. There I are so many think, other factors uh, that this isn't the end-all be-all of it, but it definitely is a yeah. is a small window into our fans. And it's interesting that it's an interesting thing of a discussion. Yeah. So to say that no, no, speaking the of which, is or is window, not iconic is isn't entirely fair. Yeah, a window into our fans is a great way to get the sunlight in to to kill that coronavirus. Yeah, no. Have you guys tried heat That's and right. sunlight? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I look. I, I agree. At the end of the day, <laughs> our fans are making these. We're going with our fans on these tiers. I just want people to know how I feel. Yeah. All right. Oh, Oof. and oh, I'm sorry. Before you move on, just one last point I wanted to make, just real quick. <laughs> Um, I'm sorry. Uh, I think the Aloy example is a good point because this is just something I've been keeping in the back of my head. Um, I think it's harder to sell like human characters in the icon. I think it's easier to sell like animal and mascot, uh, as characters as iconic. Uh, You you know what I mean? Mario. Counterpoint. Mario leans he's, he's mar- counterpoint. Human, Kratos. <laughs> Mario leans right into mascot to well, me. Cartoon mascot. I see. What you're and saying. again, I'm not saying it's yeah. not yeah possible. I'm saying I think it's just an easier. Sell. Well, you're saying is realistic character. So like, it's yeah. weird that Arthur Morgan would have been that high. It's it's compared yeah. to. Well, I that makes no weird. sense at all. I, for I a still don't. I, yeah, like I don't get that. Period. <laughs> is, is is he even on the box? No, it's the yes, box. He's yes. on the yes. Yeah, he is with yeah, like five other cow. cowboys, right? He's the bigger cowboy. Okay, I was trying to even. He's think. the biggest cowboy. Yeah, but like, but like, he's like where the sun would be. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the difference, though, Josh. You know, Red Dead's a good game, and the Goose Game isn't. So you're what objectively a wrong, wrong there. Like. We've been going into objectively a lot here, but that's the first time you've been just objectively wrong. <laughs> Josh, I objectively wrong. disagree. Okay, okay, let's move on. Let's move on. I think we made great points. Um, let's f- see, because we're about to get to. Wait, the- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Sorry. 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 <laughs> I actually wanted to argue with Josh on this mm. uh, because he keeps saying Red Dead Two, Arthur Morgan, and there are five people on the box. Counterpoint: Mass Effect Two box. Commander Shepard is four. undoubtedly the iconic character there, but there are like six other people on the box with him. I still don't agree that. Shepard is an iconic character. Fem Shep maybe. Hot take. Fem Shep no, maybe. Is really but, good. But like, yeah. Shepard isn't even a character. Yeah, even I, the Jetter Shepard. Even if I saw no. Jetter Shepard, I'd be like, that's fucking Mass Effect. But no, dude, everyone no, knows not, when they see Jetter Shepard. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. You see him and you go, oh god. There's a gamer who doesn't hey. care. But all those games are great. All those games sold well. They had a large impact on. I mean, come on, come on. Jane Shep is it, the way to go. Look, Josh is allowed to disagree. Liara is a better one. Literally any character, no, any of the other characters but, on there. Josh, Joker. Joker is a what, much more Josh, iconic character. Josh, here's what you're character. doing. You're and that's just Seth Green. Mm-hmm. You're choosing your favorite characters instead of what you think is the iconic character. No, the like, the iconic character is not Jedder Shepard. Garrus. Garrus is more iconic. Like, literally any of them. Guaranteed. 
guaranteed Jetter Shepard is the iconic character from Mass Effect. I, I actually I guarantee do think- you that he is an iconic character in general, 100%. You cannot say anything that will make me agree with you on mm. that. 100%. Well, then I do you think like, more people would recognize Shepard than Garrus? Anyone. They immediately know what games that character is in. And they immediately associate him with the amazing Jedder stories Spurs. there. There's no fucking way that Jedder Shepard right. is not iconic. No, I think Shepard definitely has that recognizable uh, factor to him. He's just Dude, got that sort real, of default man, like, look about him. My my I don't my commander Shepard. I'm not is saying really... the, the character design is good. And I'm N7 not even armor is iconic. Yeah, no, Shepherd. the N7 armor is very iconic. <laughs> my uh, I've seen my far, commander... Speaking of which, I've seen far more N7, you know, logos, shirts, whatever else than anything with a Jetter Shepard face. There's literally nothing with a Jetter Shepard face on it. That's not no an one's wearing there, that shit. That's a logo. That's a more logo. people wear Triforce. Yes than link shirts and that does that make link any less iconic that's not an argument that's like exactly what josh or uh, morgan just said that's a logo that's not an icon how about this josh i think i can sway you i think i think i can sway you josh my commander shepherd as far as being iconic i made him look exactly like fred durst <laughs> he's <laughs> iconic <laughs> can we he's move iconic. on <laughs> we can move on so he so he was handsome <laughs> <laughs> All right. I just had Allie like this was image the of like starfish, and Garrus was the hot dog flavored one. Yeah. <laughs> I just had this image of Morgan, like the was... door to the Normandy opening, and it's like it's just one of those days. <laughs> the Joker is saying that. Yeah. It's just oh, one yeah. of those days. <laughs> Um, uh, speaking of, uh, okay, so the the granddaddy of all the the winner of every um, percentage wise of all the votes that we did, even higher than Shovel Knight, of course. Oh, sorry, Shay's giving me the. Oh, okay. No, um, no, 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 no. I'm ready for this one. Mm-hmm. This one. 100%. Get ready, get ready. The numero uno icon, El Capedo. Capedo. Absolutely. <laughs> Cuphead. I just want. I prefer Mugman. Mm. Oh, you fucking monster! Get <laughs> out of here! God, no, you are just no, contradictory. I, yeah, we were talking today. about He's all these got polls a big on uh, on Wednesday, like during the stream and everything. And again, we were. this was another on my short list that I decided not to put on there because I expected you to. I assumed I didn't need to yeah. do it because yeah, yeah. it would have been taken care of. So that's that's why I went with the three I did. Like I will- like I I can safely not pick. Cuphead and someone will fucking pick Cuphead. Yeah, like, Cuphead you know. makes perfect sense. Yes. though. we're we're predicting a little bit because we. I would like to see some some you know a Cuphead too, and I'd like to mm-hmm. see some obviously the impact going forward. It sold well, and and look when I go to the first thing that surprised me is I went to Target and they had Cup help Cuphead plushies for sale. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> There's gonna be a television Dude, show. They like a money, you know. I'm <laughs> telling you right now, Cuphead is gonna is gonna go up there to A tier. And it's going to get close to S tier, 100%. Predicting it now, mm-hmm. write it in stone, 10 years from now, everyone's going to know Cuphead. For sure. I, I, I agree. I will say this, if I'm going to play devil's advocate just for fun. Do you guys devil's avocado, feel, Larry. Do you guys feel any sort of, um, like, does it just taint it a little bit for you knowing that he was so heavily based off of, like, Mickey Mouse? 
in design? No. No. Just I'm just curious. Not really. Because I mean everything it's... is inspired by something else and whether the level of inspiration is heavy or light is fine. I mean Shovel Knight is heavily inspired by Mega Man, but mm-hmm. absolutely still an iconic design because it set itself far enough apart. I was actually I mean like yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say I was thinking today when I was looking into this that it's it's taken them like three years just to make that DLC and it still has not come out yet. And I wonder I wonder if you know, there's nothing wrong with creating a nice beefy DLC, but I wonder at the same time, you know, the original game was three islands and the DLC is gonna be one island if they wonder if maybe they should just put all their efforts into a cuphead two um instead of DLC. But That's I, it's a good weird. point. You know? Maybe they're Maybe they've decided to pivot instead of making a DLC. They are just going to surprise release the second one, um, which would be nice. And, you it's know, weird. it's yeah. yeah, it is weird. And it kind of reminds me of like if if we had gotten the game that we were said we were going to get last year, I would have definitely suggested this character. But Super Meat Boy Forever, we were supposed to get that game last year. And if that game had released, Super Meat Boy would probably be at the top of the list as well, because... Well, well, if that's the case, then any of the Mario games that came out this last year just by default win. Yeah, I'm gonna put Mario on the list. Well, no, 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 that's not. You guys know the rules. That's how you say it. That's how you say it. Yeah, no, like I, I, I I agree there. Like it's, it's got to be a new character. That's that was the. It's gotta be a character that premiered within the last five years. Oh, okay, okay, I see what you guys are saying. Yeah, because otherwise, otherwise, there are so many sequels that are constantly coming out that it's just. Well, obviously, it's going to be one of the the characters that have been around for forever. So, well, technically, can sh- like because Morgan said the past five years, Shovel Knight pre- premiered yeah. in twenty fourteen. Was twenty fourteen? Yeah. That's oh six yeah, years I already ago. called him out. Well, on yeah, that. no, we yeah, we, we ex- already we yeah. explained that. We mm-hmm. explained that. Maybe Shay. Well, wasn't. you know what? I'm sorry. He's gone. Sorry, guys. Sorry, he, everyone who voted for Shovel Knight. Yes. He's gone. <laughs> yeah, um, he was. I already called yeah. him a lying yeah. liar who lies. Did Shay miss that part where you called me a liar? I, mean, I feel like I, feel like I we... called you a lying liar who lies. <laughs> <laughs> My connection has been really bad, so half the time to a quarter of the time, I don't catch what you guys are saying. So, like, I heard. Mm-hmm. lying liar of lies and i was like i don't know why morgan's being called a, a liar but i probably agree with it so i'm just gonna roll with <laughs> it's, it's like, I'm, right. just, uh-huh. I'm just gonna uh-huh. nod um i so objectively I, i'm gonna agree <laughs> i did i promised i would do this because i haven't been reading comments lately just because we've had such crazy shows um but i i did get a lot of comments and i wanted to read them for what it's worth you guys can respond to them let's bounce off let's get some fans involved in the show here um Let's go back to <laughs> good... the throne of life. So this is one of our patrons and friends, uh, Reverend Rock and Roll, said, I think to be truly iconic, the character has to be broken out of not only its own fandom, but out of the circle of gamers as a whole. Um, and that's kind of what we were talking about earlier when we were like, I could show my wife or kid something and they might recognize it. But that's a, that's a careful line because there's a lot of kids you could show ukulele now and... <laughs> they'd be like, oh, yeah, Lika Lele. And then we'd be like, whoa, wait a second. That's that can't be. Not, but I get your point. I think that's 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 part of the issue of talking about this, too, is like we're talking about it from a frame of reference for from when we were children to now. And we and like you said, Morgan, this is why you set it up as predicting, because we don't know in 10, 15 years 
like what those that generation of children are going to remember from gaming are they going to remember like mm-hmm. the fort that first fortnite character on the box are they going to remember ukulele who are they going to remember so like maybe we think right now yeah ukulele isn't iconic because we had banjo kazooie but in 10 15 years maybe those kids are not going to know who the hell banjo kazooie is but they know who ukulele is and then that will become that generation's banjo that's rich's nightmare it- It'll it is, but that'll be like one of those things where you think about it, where it's like that neat trivia fact that like people are like, did you know that ukulele is actually was created as an homage to the character Banjo Kazoo? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's why I know the guidelines irritate people because there's some gut stuff in here, but that's why for fun I was trying to see if they met the sales criteria, the critical criteria, the design criteria. I was trying to see if they hit all of those boxes. Well, you were trying to find a correlation. Like, yes. You know. Yes. Correlation between icons, if you will. Um, <laughs> uh, Reeve Matt said how memorable they are, not just how the character acts, but the design of the character. If you hear Overwatch, you'll probably picture Tracer. Actually, I picture Jessica Negri dressed up as Tracer, but yes. I usually picture Winston because he's a gorilla with a Tesla gun. Really, mm-hmm. Winston? I always mm-hmm. thought Winston. Mm. Not the place. Roadhog could not have been on that box. I think I'll give you that. Roadhog I think that one's a hard together. one because I think I think we all envision the characters we use as primary or secondary whenever we hear that. Like whenever I hear um Streets of Rage, I think about the character I use, or Golden Axe, for example. The, you have three characters. You have the like the buff man, the buff woman, or the dwarf. And I always use the dwarfs. So whenever I hear Golden Axe, I use the dwarf. Day. Well, you know, dwarf like, I think here. of the dwarf. Yeah. Dwarf, dwarf lovers. lovers. Well, um, Welcome back to the Dwarf Fortress podcast. <laughs> dwarf <laughs> we established Dwarf Fortress. We in here with our mithril. Um, okay. nah, everybody knows what it is. Um, <laughs> the Snowman Saint, well, it's a new commenter, said, Arthur Morgan, he did it all, and then some, depending on how you played him at least, there's a true redemption arc if you choose it. Or actually got past chapter three. <clears throat> and that, I don't just mean the cutscenes. I mean the way you react to the choices you can make and the people you can help and save. Uh, let's not forget the voice talent carrying this guy. For me, I liked Red Dead Redemption, but I loved Red Dead Redemption 2 because of how Arthur, in comparison to John, was the moment he had a choice to start saving people or saving his own ass, which is toward the end. But yeah, the voice actor and stuff like that. So. I think it's kind of I remember was there saying. was a train. Yeah. Um, Lost in Space. Well, that's another Arth one. Let me skip over a lot of. For some reason, people were there are certain ones that people just had a lot of opinions on. Were they all new commenters? Did you make a bunch of fake accounts? Uh, <laughs> so many sock puppets in these polls. <laughs> no, you can go check these accounts out. He posted a real. He posted a story on his Instagram. Anybody like hashtags galore. Anybody who loves Arthur Morgan, please come vote on this poll. <laughs> he went to a subreddit and just like made an army. Mm-hmm. T. Sweezy said how fuckable they are. Now, look, that is a dark road. You don't want to go down that road. Well, that's why Kirby's iconic. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a, such a generous lover. You got a pretty <laughs> mouth there, Kirby. Actually, you know, everybody everybody says King DDD's a really generous lover. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like he's a big guy; he can cuddle you. Mm-hmm. Like here, he, uh, that's that's uh, that's <laughs> that's something <laughs> new, friend. Turn that's a topic for another day. Um, 
Uh, great. I'm trying to see if there's another one. I thought I had saved a lot. I wouldn't kick him out of bed for listening to uh, Fred Durst. P. Bailey said uh, Arthur Morgan because he's a man's man, like Ron Burgundy or Ron Swanson. We all know Ron Swanson is iconic. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, far more so than Arthur Morgan, who is kind of a character. I should. I want to go through and just be the ass. No, I don't actually. I don't want to be the asshole, Arthur Morgan. I'd say it's mostly Arthur Morgan. I'd say mostly because of the story crafting and humanizing. Similar reasons to why Clint Eastwood's nameless character in the Man with No Name trilogy succeeded so well. While nowhere near as in depth as Arthur Morgan character, you grow a fondness and a vision for the character from pure storytelling and dialogue alone. Can I say I'm really glad so many people enjoyed Arthur Morgan, but I honestly don't get why. More character than the man with no name. Hmm. There, the arc with for me with Arthur Morgan was like I don't like this character um, at all for at first, but I was. That's the whole arc for me. Interested? Well, that's that seems impossible. No, that's that's unfair. I I I do like him more than John Marston. Yeah, I think he's more interesting than John Marston. Yeah, his his arc is kind of I'm an asshole, and then all of a sudden I'm somehow more progressive than anyone alive at the time that this game is supposedly set. I care now. Yeah. You made me care. He, yeah. He goes through a process of, you know, it's like, that was a Rick and Morty movie. reference. It's yes, like, a, it was. like a loyalty thing, like any sort of, you know, you're so loyal to the people around you, even though they're, they're doing things you don't agree with, but you just do it for them. Like Dutch, for example, Dutch is sort of like his cult leader in a way. And he slowly yeah. kind of breaks off with them. And then by the end, there's this one speech or this one conversation he yeah. has with like this nun that's completely optional. You can miss it if you don't do her side quest. Um, and she sits down on this like bench with her. Cause she's like traveling on a train to another place. She's like moving or whatever. And he has this like really deep, like heart to heart with her about like his life and everything. And she, He's like, you know, a lady of faith and he has this and, and he's also spoilers dying. So it's like a really there's some really good stuff in there. But um, yes, I don't blame anyone for thinking that he's just an asshole for the first couple chapters. It, it's actually crazy now that you mentioned it, Morgan, because that's just the thing. I don't even know what it was with that game. Like you start mentioning some of these plot points. and I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember that happening. Yeah. Not a lot of that game stuck with me. And I, I don't know why. I can't give you a good answer as to why, but like not a lot of it stuck with me after I walked away Too from it. Too much JRPGs you're filling your brain with, Rich. You need to work on that. I just no, I I honestly I hate to admit this. I agree with Rich because like I was trying to think of what happens in the first three chapters. Like I remember the end of chapter three. I remember what happens there. But anything before that, like I remember bits and pieces, like ah, oh, these bad people came, they had to move camps. Like, I don't remember a lot of what happens in that game, unfortunately. And I think, yeah, I think that would be a knock against the possibility of Arthur Morgan yeah. being iconic. I I would say that, honestly. Yeah, I, I I don't think that's necessarily representative of the larger view that people have, but it's unfortunate. No, I don't think so. Way, but like, sure. if there are a if there are a lot of people like me who are like, I don't really remember what I did in that game or what happened then yeah it's going to it's going to be that case but like yeah obviously my my reflection of what happened may not be synonymous with what other people experienced i don't know i just my experience I don't is, yeah, for whatever reason i remember all of yeah, it yeah no and i i think a lot of people do have that and it did resonate with a lot of people and i'm totally glad people have those experiences but just talking about it is making me realize like not a lot of that game really stuck with me and i'm in, in a big way 
which is weird to think about because I, I put a lot that, of time yeah, into it. I wonder if people will go back and appreciate it more through time because it's just so long. And, and, and like, I remember there was this it's one, the exact reason I won't go back. There was this one critic that I really loved to put in his top five games of the year. And he just tells me that it doesn't stick with him. It's really weird. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it really had an impact on him. So at the time, strange. Yeah, there weren't a lot of games that year. Probably the hallucinogens, maybe. Uh, who knows? No, nah, I was off that stuff by then. Um, what year uh, was that? <laughs> 2018, I think. Um, forever ago. I thought he had one more funny comment to get to, but yeah, there also, was a, it was a top ten. A lot of good stuff there. Um, storming that mansion at night was really good shit. Yeah, but I I will admit that a lot of the really good Arthur Morgan stuff is in the back half of the game. So, um, I do remember storming the mansion, Morgan. I did really like that part though. St- Storming it up. Anyways, I thought I had another comment here, but I think that's probably pretty good. Um, a lot of good stuff. Oh, Marcel Robbie said, I got a different answer for this one. My answer someone who holds meaning, someone you can relate to in many ways, uh, more ways than one. Speech, walking. Oh, that's what you're talking about, Josh. Relatability and the ability to press on no matter the age you are. To me, what makes an iconic character is how much you can relate to said character, in my opinion. Yes, it sounds flawed and foolish, but hey, that's me. Oddly enough, like like I said that Arthur Morgan's walk is really strong. Like just the animation behind that gives you such it that gives you more sense of character than anything they actually wrote for it. Just the animation set, the way he moves is very just impressively done. The way he carries himself, yeah. yeah. You know, Josh, you might enjoy it more on PC now. You can use a no. mouse and keyboard. No, it's still going to suck. I wouldn't play that game. The with shooting the might be better, but it's still going to be the same crappy GTA, you know, just GTA afterbirth that, you know, Cowboys and they Grand keep Theft trying Auto. to shovel at us. But what I was getting at is, like, again, the way a character moves, super important. Like, we, we said that a lot of the characters. Arthur Morgan, sure, I'll give you that. Like, I, I still think. Those animations, top-notch, absolutely great. The goose, same thing. The way the goose moves just gives you the personality instantly. It conveys mischief. Yeah. Just that walk. You know he's up to shit. That goose is basically Loki. Right? Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I really, I, I agree with that comment a lot. It's, it's more um, than just the design. Mm-hmm. See, you're not you're not a fraud or foolish or flawed or foolish. And Josh I can be, can well. be foolish together. Uh, <laughs> I, Spiders Corner said, "I think people are just voting for characters they like. I don't know how it, that any of these characters have the longevity to be considered iconic. The bar feels so slightly higher now for being truly stand out and to become an icon. Hopefully, today's show that sums up our show. Hopefully, now that you understand what we we're doing and kind of the fun of this, because yeah, some of this is predicting, and you can't troll control how people think. Me and Josh view this very differently, even though we're both very passionate about the medium. So that's kind of the nature of any of these things, right? But. At the end of the day, no one's going to dispute Mario, Sonic, Donkey Kong, Tomb Raider, and it takes time. It takes a lot of time, so we'll have to look back on these and and see. Mm-hmm. Okay. But doesn't it seem like Cuphead has a good shot? That's all we're saying. I would say so. Oh, yeah. Um, if you'd like, if you enjoy these conversations that we have, 
and you want to support us. There are a lot of great ways to do it. Most importantly, you go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. And our Patreon has a bunch of incredible tiers. Most importantly, we have a top secret VIP Instagram page. And why that's worth $5 of your hard-earned money is it helps keep us in business. Uh, we have a bunch of inside jokes, um, like the Dick Chariot we talked about before the podcast, uh, among rare... His pod- name is Mara. <laughs> Rare inside clips of guests that are on the show, inside jokes, special videos we make just for the VIP Instagram. Are, it becomes a community, a really cool Chomp Nation VIP community that you can support us and be a part of for only five bucks. So that Instagram page will be yours to access as well as you get access to our Discord channel for just a buck if you want to throw that our way. Um, and it's been really cool to see our discord channel come alive uh if you if you really want to support us we have some other tiers above that like our chomping after dark tier for ten dollars but just go to patreon.com slash sword chomp and you know it means a lot to us and chomp nation becomes family so check it out we have i'm so i'm going to try to keep each of these games to about five minutes or so because we have a lot of games to get to so we're gonna have a hard five minute limit but uh, this is going to be fun. The timer begins now. It's going to be like a gauntlet round, all right? So, cool. boom. First up, um, Ori. Okay, so I feel bad a little bit. There are some things I feel bad about. I did promise you guys I would try to go back to Ori and the Will-O-Wisps. Um, Will-O-Wisps, sorry. I, Which I get now, actually, too. Again. We should talk about like whether a name can mess with your game or not. I So after last week's show, again, and some people, I listened back to the show, and I don't think I was really that hard on Final Fantasy VII, but there are a lot of people that thought I was. Um, and I don't really think that I was necessarily, but I needed a break from, I'm still chunking through that for our Chomping After Dark, and I'm still looking forward to really seeing how that game ends and getting to those high points as well. Wait, what? But I needed, you're, wait, you're, you're doing it for Chomping After Dark? We've already done the Chomping After Dark. Yeah, oh, they recorded both of those. Nice, nice try, nice try. Right, that was no, one. that's not that's not a joke. I'm talking about. No, for, I'm, I'm talking kidding. about We've... for Final Fantasy VII, the remake. Oh, oh Final Fantasy VII. I, I still thought you were talking about Ori. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, I was sorry, just meant to do bad. the Final Fantasy VII remake shortly. I want to be able to make sure I'm caught up with that. Oh, gotcha. I missed that. Sorry, sorry. Uh, that's okay. I know the connection's a bitch, but but I so I went down to my Xbox, which is unusual for me because I normally do all my gaming upstairs on my PS4, and I had like a month of Game Pass, and I just needed to like clear my mind and just download a bunch of shit. So that's what I did. I downloaded a bunch of shit, uh, and I prioritized Ori, and actually I wanted to see which games were going to grab me, uh, and Ori was one that I wanted to jump back into because Shay. Uh, pulled a Morgan. He would not stop talking about that game constantly. Um, and I got um, great reviews. I think that game has like a 90% Metacritic, so people really seem to enjoy it. And it did, I did not take to it on the first like hour or so I put into it, hour and a half. As almost within like half an hour of getting back into it, I I did enjoy, I was enjoying it a lot more. Right away, I got the dash ability. I got like that bow and arrow ability. Um 
There's another ability shortly after that that I got. I think it's sort of like the the latch on ability where you can spring around. I ended up getting a lot. Like the dash is huge for like just floating around between enemies and like your environment. So that was a lot of fun, and the bow and arrow felt great. And then I ended up getting to like within half an hour, I got to the first boss in the game, and I was telling Shay that that was the point of the game where I really started to uh, enjoy it. Um, because that first boss fight, although not super complicated, was uh, it's pretty damn cool. I really liked it. It was a giant beetle. Um, and there was some epic music playing and you, it's, and that's where I was like, okay, yeah, they really want this game to be like Hollow Knight because there was this giant health bar that was actually a little excessively long. Um, that filled the, cause I knew, I knew how to beat that thing like right away, but it was just like this long ass health bar I had to whittle down. Just, yeah. Just, just play it on a smaller screen. So it's not as intimidating next time. I know, yeah. right? It's it, almost comical when those health bars pop up because you're like, no fucking way am I going to be able to beat this? Every single time I remember when those health bars popped up, I was like, no fucking way. But yeah. Yeah, I and and at that point I really enjoyed the, the music that was going on during that fight. Um, it was like the first piece of music in the game I really enjoyed and I thought the fight was just really epic and, and scale. I was like, okay, you know, I think, I I think I'm going to really enjoy this game. It just, obviously I I always thought it looked great, but that first area is just kind of a little more by the book. After that, you really start to explore a lot of environments that are just really interesting. Um, a lot of, they do some really, it's very, probably the most glowy game I've ever seen. So much glowy, a lot of glowing things, glowing water, glowing trees, glowing skies, you fucking name it. Everything's glowing. I mean, you you forget about Outland, a game that we played ten years ago that you dubbed as like a Tron replica. But yeah, this one is That's true. also very it has glowy. Out, it has Outland out. Hmm. It has outed Outlands as the glowiest. <laughs> I don't know. That game has been so long, I couldn't tell you a damn thing about it. But I do remember the Tron style vocals, a uh, vocals, um, Tron style aesthetic. So yeah, it's. It's a really, really good-looking game. Uh, I, I think for me, you could make a case it's not as distinctive as Cuphead, but it's probably the best-looking 2D game I've ever seen. I can't think of a 2D game that has impressed me more visually now that I've spent more time with it. Can you guys think of a better looking 2D game? Am I crazy here? Not off the top of my head. Like not, not like I'm going out of my way to try and think of one, but that that game certainly got a look. And it's a yeah. good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really think of any others. Like I think I think of games like 2D games that have done things differently. For example, I love Owlboy cuz it's like high because of its high bit look and feel to it. I like Outland like I named 10 years ago. It was uh, a revelation at the time just because you used color and that signaled different abilities. And it was a, that was a great game, 2D game. But like in terms of just pure visuals, I can't think of a better looking 2D game off the top of my head um, at all. One of the, and like Rich yeah. said, <laughs> I, uh, I played Ikaruga. I played a lot of Ikaruga. Um, no, he's it, saying I had an Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, what's actually funny is I was really curious, so I Googled. If you Google most visually stunning 2D games, hmm. it gives you a top 10 list, and the first ones on it are Unravel and Unravel 2, Ori and the Blind Forest, Cuphead, Leo's Fortune, Hollow Knight, and Don't Starve. Don't well, Starve. I need to play the Unravel oh, games. Unravel's really, really good. Unravel 2 in particular, 
uh shay if we have an afternoon or maybe a stream we could do it for yeah. i'd love to play through unravel 2 with you because that co-op is real good dark okay I, I have the first one and I is also really pretty looking but it's it's oh, again yeah. it's again one of those 2d 3d hybrid sort of things kind of like yeah this was doing and that was way more stylized and also 2d art on a 3d plane not a great game but really really good looking i i think that like with ori in particular i mean like also with the anime you know um limbo and uh I was get limbo and uh, uh, inside. And inside, inside, yeah, yeah, both, I, yeah. I both for, for different me, reasons. Like, yeah, no, I, I think those are good points, Josh. I, I think, yeah, for me, like because I'm such a fucking anal dick about visuals, it's annoying sometimes. Like, a game will look like Fantasy VII Remake is a great example. There's a lot of stuff in that game that looks amazing, but you'll see a bunch of doors or buildings that look ugly, and it just bothers me. And I, I know that's not realistic. I know yeah. it, sh- it shouldn't bother. No, me. No, no, like, it is strange. Where. I mean, it's not strange. It's obvious that they put the money where it needs to be, but like, yeah, the most important thing every single great. NPC has automatic voice animation, and it's so Systematic. yeah, so obvious. <laughs> um, yeah, I want to I want to actually you, talk about that a little bit yeah. later because that's exactly one point I was going to bring up later, but I'll keep it on Ori for now. Yeah, it's one of the okay. visually most impressive games, and to speak to one of your earlier points, Morgan. I think that you didn't initially get into the game because, A, you didn't experience the first one, uh, which kind of, it's not necessary, but it's a lot better for you to understand You already understand have a connection to the characters. The yeah, it's like a reverse right. of Doom Eternal. <laughs> right. And yeah. Also, yeah, right? I yeah. guess. And also, um, that a lot of the beginning of Will of the Wisps is really spent setting you up for what you can do. Granted, the tutorial and... Josh and I have talked about this multiple times, is not great. And I told you this privately. The tutorial is not great for that game. But the way they slowly roll things out, and then immediately the environments change. I don't know if you guys noticed this. I'm sure Josh did. To basically give you the opportunity to use the new abilities that you have. So it's something, and this is this is going to be a minor spoiler for you, Morgan, and this is a minor spoiler for the listens. Listeners, you're going to beat a boss in a specific area, and then you're going to get an ability, and immediately after you get that ability, they actually change the enemies a little bit, so they attack you differently. And that's because they're trying to get, uh, the developers and creators are trying to get you used to using this new ability and that's something Mm -hmm. that they do a lot in that game they slowly roll out these abilities and they give you ample time to practice but it happens over a period of time where the first one is a very compact game is very short um this one because it has so many new abilities and different things you can do um because they they've really upgraded the number of abilities that you have, they have to slowly roll that out and it plays so much into each environment you go into. And that's yeah. in theory, I think probably partially why you had a difficult time getting into the game initially because they slowly roll all that stuff out. Yeah. That the only parts I got stuck at were were like in the first game, did you have the like the repel ability where things shoot at you and you repel them? That's the main mechanic in the first game. And uh, it's funny for whatever reason, it's the dumbest name. I was looking that up because we couldn't remember the name of it. Bash is the name of that ability. It makes yes, it no is. fucking no, sense no. why that's the yeah, name that's of the ability. Name for that. Cause it well, is the least bashy thing you do in either of the games. 
But uh, I, I, right, no, I thought it was right. rebound or something like that. I know that's what I, I thought got, it was. We yeah. called it that the whole last time we talked about it. But yep, yeah. But Bash. that that ability is one of the strongest mechanics in games it, for a while. Um, but but if you're uh, not used to it, it's it's pretty different. Well, yes, it, it really was. Like there was like some very very tiny text. Basically, I knew where to go, but I wasn't sure how to break the thing until I realized you could rebound stuff like up, like away from you. Like I thought the rebound was used as a propulsion to jump, which it is, but I didn't realize that it was used to break stuff shooting away, which is a It's a thing. versatile ability for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, so I got stuck on some really yeah. silly areas that, like Shay said, if I had played the first one, mine might have been less... Uh, you already um, would have been thinking differently with that mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. They kind uh, of but, assume you know, you're going to know how to use it in this game which a makes bit, which is so. you know that makes sense i mean now you could make you could crit, you could look at that both ways you could criticize it for being a, not quite as ex- explanatory as you would like or you could say that maybe it's expected that you have a fundamental knowledge of the game i mean yeah the, man just the mechanics in that game in the second one especially because of the stuff that they add it's interesting because they they Sorry, I'm trying not to talk too much about this game because I've already talked so much about it. Yeah, I only have five minutes, Shay, damn it. (laughs) Oh, you're well over five minutes. Oh. I know. (laughs) Basically, the way the mechanics work and the way the level design works, there are some some areas where, like, there's just a sky, and you can, like, in theory, you shouldn't be able to go up that high. But with the mechanics and the way they introduce some of that stuff, and if you get really good at using those mechanics, it gets to the point where you're actually like pushing the barrier up into how high you can go in the sky, mm-hmm. and it actually bars you. Like, there's nothing physically there to bar you, but the game actually bars you from going that high you're because they didn't hitting the end of that skybox. Yep. Right, exactly. Like those, like you can't pass those skybox those that skybox yeah. right there and it's just that's yeah. that's the capabilities you have with those mechanics you can do so much with those mechanics and mm-hmm. it's yeah it's such a strong part of the game it really is like for me super like i've said this so many times super meat boy was a revelation in terms of what you could do mechanically speaking in that game like just the precise ability to stop places to stick to the walls to make these jumps to do these double jumps all this stuff and it feels like this game for me not for everyone for me is the natural successor to that because the 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 bash or whatever you want to call it the rebound ability Mm -hmm. the triple jump that you need to make sure you get sooner than later morgan if you keep playing you need to get the triple jump um it makes the game so much easier uh, just like everything that they introduce into that game is the natural successor to me because mechanically speaking, it's so fluid and fun to just play that game. Like it's in theory, you don't really need to touch the ground that often. If ever by yeah. the time you get all the abilities. Well, it's, it's in the vein of those games where you'll die a million times, which you guys seem to really dig. And I do. I have a history, too, with Meat Boy and Cuphead. Like, there's somebody you walk up to in the game that says, hey, you've died 300 times already. It's one of those sick fuck kind of games. But you don't, it's not like, there's no penalty for death, really. You go back, like, five feet. So it's it's fine. Um, it's really just about experimentation, which is which is nice. Um, there, I didn't know there was a homage to Cool Spot in there, which I thought was one of my favorite parts of the game. Um, yeah. Is that going to go... Does anyone know what I'm talking about? 
No. See, they both nodded yes, and then they said no. No, 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 no. I was going to let you just explain it, because like it's, I've already talked a ton, so I, I, I want to limit how much there's, I'm There's just this really uh, cute scene where you jump up on like 100 bubbles to climb up, and it reminded me a lot of this um, secret level in Cool Spot, the Sega Genesis game, where you had to jump on all these bubbles. Boom, 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 boom. Remember that? Did you, anybody play Cool Spot here, or am I the only fucking one? No, I, I, just, I, cool I can't Spot. recall, I can't recall I jumping cool on bubbles Spot. ever before. It was, okay. it was just those two uh, games. I was gonna, I'm. I was just gonna say I I did play Cool Spot. Um, I don't remember that particular section. To be honest with you, maybe the developers were or were not influenced by that. Um, I did play Cool Spot though. You're not crazy. Yeah, there there was bubbles all over the place, but that's fair. I just a weird thing. I wondered. I wondered if it was like some sort of homage to to cool spot um but yeah every section seems to have interesting uh gameplay and uh so right now i'm only about halfway through it i i i can get into some more analysis next week but um i'm in i'm definitely enjoying it a lot more so did you did you make it past qualic yet or no are you still stuck on him no so okay well i guess i'll just do that real briefly i so i was looking into it after i got stuck on him for a while and it appears from just watching videos and stuff online that I, I shouldn't have gone toward him first. Um, the people that I was watching online had like twice as many health files as I did. And they, they had this weird bash ability that looked like a grenade. It looked like he was throwing a grenade out or something. It was like, and um, it was like almost like fiery looking. Anyways, I spent like an hour on him and I almost beat him a couple times, but I just was getting so angry that I decided to go another direction and kind of upgrade my because i had points i had some of that energy to upgrade so um i tried to get all the abilities i could and um stuff like that but i i just think it's just bad luck it's not it's kind of like when you play a dark souls game or uh, one of these kind of games where like you can go to the boss and you can beat them but it's much more difficult at that point than if i were to i don't know what what which way you guys went but i just by pure coincidence when in the middle of the game when it opens up i went left to the luma pools um and i just everyone online was like dude this boss is way like this one guy was comparing it to like yeah. this boss in Dark Souls. I talked to Shay. He said it was the hardest boss for him in the game. I was like, great. That's the first fucking boss I went to. So, and I he had him re- down, dude. I had him fucking Kind of reminds me of Hyper Light Drifter. Like when you could go one of the four directions yes. and yes. some of the bosses exactly. in Hyper Light Drif- Drifter, which were much more difficult than the others. There was an evil frog. For me, Qualic was the most difficult, was the most difficult boss in that game. Not to say overall in terms of difficulty it is, but for me that one I just yeah. really struggled with. I think because I'm the, still, yeah, that one kind still of trying to get the. Yeah, I think it all ahead. depends on your on your build because that one has like the largest hitbox of any of them, and it's really more dependent on whether you figured out a boss build because. I just well, destroyed Qualic because I, I can't make a, I can't make a build. I had four abilities, so people were saying make a build, and I was like, "Well, I only but, have four things." I know, but let's like if, even if you didn't have that, you could have just made any sort of. It doesn't take a lot to level it up there. Like you can, I think you have teleport at that point. Um, I, I don't have teleport, but right. you, but anyway, well, but, that's that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing you got to consider, Josh, is you and I have played the game. Mm-hmm. Like, you and I should know better. Morgan doesn't really have much of an idea, you know, going into that game, which yeah. abilities do and don't work very well. So it's going to be more difficult for him or a newcomer. I think that yeah, is... Yeah, no, like... I, I think it's I, a, that vi- boss in a particular very viable issue. Is, uh, 
is yeah like if you think you're just gonna go hit them it doesn't work very well i mean you can do it it's not he's, he's i don't think he's that hard but he's a pushover if you use any of the ranged attacks because like your arrow well, does a ton of damage yeah. to him and you get a bunch of abilities yeah. that make your arrow even more damaging to the point where like you can kill him in like a half dozen volleys um what I'm telling you is that where you were in the game, you could kill him in half dozen volleys. What I'm saying is that where I was at in the game, his health bar would decrease at such an alarmingly slow rate. It was like I had his first form down to the point where I could breeze through it. And then the water form, he's, you know, I had it down to a perfect science. And like he would just, he was just a, my Ori, and my, and on top of it, my Ori only had like, four little health blobs or whatever and it was just like it was just frustrating because there was a couple times where i had him down to what felt like a hit or two and he was just going nutso and i was just like well i can beat my head over this for another half an hour an hour or so but i was like i'm just gonna go and because i was not in, at that point i was starting to not enjoy the game anymore and i was like i'm just gonna go explore and see if i can enjoy going another way so i'm going for the the spider now i think um so i don't know okay. it's yeah a, yeah the Luma pools are definitely in general, one of the places you don't want to go to at first. Uh, I believe I can't remember the names anymore. Top left is one of the areas that you can go to. And like you end up going to like some nesting kind of areas. That area is a good introduction area. The spider area is a like an easier area than the Luma pools. I will say that. So the Luma pools are probably, in my opinion, the third place you should go. And, yeah, I mean, you need to, like, this is something I told you privately, I'm going to tell you right now, you need to make sure you're searching out for all the, like, the health cells and the energy cells. Well, and like I said, yes, part of that is on me, too, because, like, I was just kind of, I wasn't rushing through it, but I was, I wasn't really exploring every nook and cranny unless I did it on accident. Metroidvania games are funny like that because you'll go one direction, you think it's the right way to go, and then you get to an like a power up and then a wall and you're like, oh yeah. well that was it. But like I said, it's not it's not a huge deal. Like any sort of these games like Bloodborne, I've been stuck on bosses before. I was just kind of bummed out that just kind of bad luck. Um that I got these one of yeah. the tougher bosses. Yeah. At least for I like my primitive ass Ori, my weak ass Ori had nothing. Yeah. Um, but what, I could. I last could. thing I'll say is. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. We need to move on. So go ahead. I can talk okay. more about that. Last week. thing I'm going to say is I'm going to be excited for when you get strong enough to where it feels like you're able to beat the bosses. It's just a matter of you actually executing to see how you feel about the bosses. Because the bosses in that game are incredible to the point to where I completely forgot about the initial beetle boss. Like, I completely forgot that that boss exists because the other bosses in that game are mm-hmm. so amazing and strong. Well, and that's the thing that frustrated me the most is I thought the Qualic boss was awesome. Like, it was just like everything that was happening was really cool. I had all the patterns down. I thought, okay, okay, when he shoots these out, I reflect them back, but don't go to the middle because you can hurt yourself if you reflect them there. He can do this thing when he goes underwater that sucks you in, but also if you try to shoot out at the top, he has a thing up there. Yeah. He can shoot things at you from 100 feet right. He can shoot his tongue at you. Like, I had him, I, I knew what he was doing, and it was it was awesome, but I just felt like I could not do enough damage. I even equipped, um, after getting frustrated for a long time, I even equipped Reckless so I could do more damage to him, which also does more to me, but I did much better with Reckless than, than without it but um yeah it was yeah. it was tough 
Yeah, I mean, that's... Yep. Again, if, more of a staple of the genre. If a boss is too hard, you move on. Um, is a very common thing in Metroidvania games because there's generally like four bosses you can fight in a given time. Um, I mean, not a strict you have rule. Options. Not a strict rule in in, in the you genre. Have options, yeah. But Hollow Knight was kind of like that too. Yeah, Hollow Knight has a ton of optional bosses that if you come across and you're like, eh, no, I'm not going to fight this guy. You can just, you can move on. Um, and this one less so. There are less bosses, but they are. I don't even think they're strictly in a curve, but like, um, there are some of them that are easier than others. So, um, yeah, like if it's, well, if it's somewhere, it's oh, RPG, I got to a like, boss, I yeah. want to kill this boss. Yeah, I can see how that can be, that's going to be really frustrating. Um, yeah, I just, I, I think I needed to push more into the RPG aspects of it. Like, I hadn't really been warping around and pushing really a lot of those abilities and expansions. Like I said, I had literally, f- I had only four slots, and I literally had maybe five abilities, but one of them was useless. It was, like, pulling in orbs from far away, which is for exploring. And, like, I literally, there was no, there was, and when I watched people do it online, they were killing him in, like, maybe 10 to 15 hits, and I was putting, yeah. like, 50 yeah, to no, 60 I hits think, in him, and he wasn't dying. Yeah, so. I think I got <clears> the achievement for the speedrun kill of that boss, because, like I said, I just put on a boss-killing build, and, yeah, he's got such a large hitbox that, like, as long as you are just trying That's to go true. for high DPS, everything's going to hit him. Um, when I come back, I'm going I'll never to f- obliterate him. That's for Yeah. Sure. I'll I'll never forget the glitch because like that game I'm so happy you actually waited in some ways Morgan to play this game because the game was so glitchy at the beginning, my god! But mm-hmm. I I'm so mm-hmm. happy it was in a way too because this boss it took me a long time to beat this boss. I I'm Josh I'm happy you had an easy time with it. I did not have an easy time with this boss. Um, took me a long time to figure out exactly how to beat him and the strategies to use. Um. So I definitely, it was a grind of a fight for me. It was like a 30 to 40 minute fight for me. And um, once I beat it, they gave me the achievement for beating it in under two minutes. And I was like, all right, I, I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> I don't feel like I earned it, but I'll yes, take it. Yes, I earned this. <laughs> you yeah, know? it's one of those things where, it, where you're, there's so many involved. This was tough about having a harder difficulty in this game is... It, there's so many weird stats that change how strong you are, how much damage you take, how much health you have. Like it just seems weird that there'd even be like a yeah. There are like, so many ways to tweak your 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 play experience based on just you know preference, and then also like like I said, I had a couple different builds that were more like for for exploring or for max DPS or for whatever specific situation you're in. Um, yeah, did you I play it on like, hard, Josh? I still haven't. I played it on, on okay, normal okay. because like I was gonna go right back through it on on hard, but like you said, it was so it was so buggy at launch that I've been uh that's right. waiting for it to be that's patched. Right. So that's on my short list of stuff to go back to and you, play on hard. You're you're good to go now and I'm gonna be curious to hear if like it's still as easy as the first time you played it to beat Qualicum yeah, Hard. I'm sure it shouldn't be. I don't be, know so. if that will fact I don't know if that will factor in to it, but yeah hard for me hard on this game was just the right difficulty yeah it was exactly yeah, no what I, I felt like yeah i felt like easy was or not easy but normal was i mean it wasn't it wasn't a cakewalk like the fights were still tough but i often felt like i had more health than needed like i didn't feel like things were as threatening as they should have been 
Like, right. like the, the amount of time hard, to kill itself about right. Times. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, Shay, if you wanted hard difficulty, you can just play a normal and just don't give yourself any upgrades. <laughs> you'll yeah, be fucking, yeah. You'll be in for a hell of a time, let me tell you. That's sure. That, that's, that's a whole style of game yeah. playing in general, like Nuzlocke yeah. challenges and Pokemon yeah. things of that Yeah, nature, like I went so. through all the old Zeldas with no health upgrades just because they wanted to play them that way um because they're they're yeah. not difficult games but like okay i, if, I love yeah, this game true. a bunch let's let's go through and like make this game actually a challenging game um i i wasn't yeah. upset at it in the in this is the last thing i'll say and we'll move on i wasn't upset at it in the fact that i felt like it was necessarily unfair i felt like the game was a little misleading and allowing me to go everywhere at that point and i felt like i was being over penalized having said that i did the game is now forcing me to um uh, dig into other aspects of the game that I was not probably digging into as much as I should have. And I think that there's value in that too. So, you know, it's, it's the nature of the beast, but it didn't like, after I woke up the next day and I was really, really mad, I started going to a new area and I started hating the game less because I'd just been separated from that. It felt like the game, I wish the game would have cornered that as to being like the last boss because I thought it was so epic being the frog and what happens with that that I thought it would have been kind of a cool, like, it felt like the last, almost like the last boss of a game because if, without giving in, going into spoilers, like why that happens and everything, I just thought it was such a cool thing. I was like, oh man, I, I did this already? Like, that's weird. Um but I'm going to stick with it and uh, we can talk about it next week. So, yeah, I want to be interested to hear your feelings after you beat that boss, because um, you'll have to go back and listen to Josh's and my will of the wisp podcast when you eventually beat that game, because as you'll find out is all mm-hmm. I'm going to say. It's 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 interesting in the story. What happens after you beat that boss? I did see somebody get stomped and that was kind of funny. Maybe funny is not the right word I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> Maybe not. Was <laughs> um, all right. So yeah, okay. So um, this is interesting. Uh, Shay, you have been. Oh, do we have what do I have set up here? You have been playing a very weird game that most people have probably never heard of, and I was surprised to hear about it. So uh, yeah, tell me more. Yeah, I. Was I was the last few days I've been doing some editing for the site and I've been doing some editing for the Twitch and stuff of that nature. So I was sitting at my computer a lot the past few days, uh, which was against the schedule that I'd kind of built up for myself. And I, I found myself just sitting waiting at my computer for things to happen, like things to get processed, things to download. And so I booted up my my PlayStation and. I went to my Genesis collection and I I was just browsing like because there are some games you can just turn on for 10 15 minutes mindlessly. And you played Vector like a, Man. Like exactly, like a Vector Man. But I was browsing through the games and I just went to the end of the list and I read Wonder Boy and Monster World. I've literally never heard of this game. I've never looked at that because it's like a digital cartridge shelf kind of thing. I never even just looked at that game and I was like I don't know. That's kind of a cool name. I'll just put it in and like see Wonder what Boy. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Just fucking whatever, you know, just turn it on. And it's, it's very, very product of its times in terms of visuals. It's a 1991 game. It looks like a, the main character looks like one of those little generic night characters you'd get on your, your play castle, your play toy castle that 
everybody in the 90s had as a child. And I was like, okay, all right, well, it's a little bit charming. I'll play for a few minutes, you know, see what this game is about. And this game, um, Monster or uh, Wonder Boy and Monster World, is this side scrolling 2D RPG style game, um, adventure or action RPG. And basically, uh, it reminded me a lot of this other Genesis game I used to play a lot as a child called Lord of the Sword, which you guys don't know either. But, anyways, so. You just I know Wonder Boy. You okay? I'm glad you know Wonder Boy. It's apparently very popular in Japan, which well, I didn't yeah. know that. Uh, I don't know if you knew that. Not this one, but Wonder Boy and the Dragon's Trap yeah. got like a really well done remaster. Yeah, they just remastered that for Switch. I think it was the target platform, but I think oh, it's gone. Yeah. I think it's on everything else now. But that was that was the, the third game in the series. I well, think. The interesting thing about that one is in the Switch version, um, I'm sure this game probably does something similar, Shay, that it used like that old Genesis style of code saves. Yes. Um, you it would still you could do a normal save in this remaster, but it would also give you the code save, and you could go put it in like the Genesis version, and it would work. That's awesome. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really freaking cool. Um, but yeah, I had never heard of this game, and yeah, so just. Basically, it's your typical game during that time where you side-scroll, you fight enemies, you gather gold, you grind out your gold, and then you buy items. Then you go to another area, you go to an area, you fight the boss, you save somebody, or you save an item, or you locate a special item that you need for later in the game. It's one of those very typical games that we've seen Mm -hmm. so many times now. For its time, though, I'm sure it was a little bit more revolutionary, but now, obviously, it's very cliché. But it was a, you know, I was, I'd sat down to play for maybe five, 10 minutes while I was doing editing and stuff. And then suddenly I found myself wanting to just play through the entire game. Like it hooked me. And I don't know at one point it hooked me, but suddenly I'm like, damn, I'm, I'm already like halfway through the game. You know, like before I knew it, I was already, it's not a long game to be fair, but yeah, I was like already halfway through the game. But that's still neat. Like how often does shit like that happen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not often anymore that like that happens. So I'm playing it. I'm having a ton of fun, dude. It, it is a lot of fun. And they have a lot of different environments. Like they have like a nighttime forest area. You have an Egyptian pyramid area. You have to go into a volcano as a shrunken version of yourself to fight, which is pretty cool. Like you have these different areas that you have to go into. And it's a it's a pretty game for its time. Obviously, those 16-bit graphics are really fun. And so it's a beautiful game. The music's awesome. And I was having so much fun in this game, guys. And then none of it felt particularly, like, overly challenging. It felt, you know, it had that challenge of 90s Genesis Super Nintendo games. And then I got to the last boss yesterday. And I don't think I've been more angry at a video game than this game in a long fucking time i was like i was like oh yeah i'm at the last boss this is awesome and we're doing this right i felt good like even right before you get to the final boss you have to re refight again some of the old bosses that you beat earlier in the game and you make pretty Mega short Man style work. yeah exactly and you make pretty short fucking work of them it's not difficult at all and then you get to the final boss and that difficulty just ramped up to an insurm almost insurmountable level 
And it was insane. Mm. And like, there's there's nothing you can do because it's not like upgrading your character like an Ori game. It's and like you have the best items in the game. It's just you have what the you have. Boss at that point. is yeah. insanely hard, guys. Like the the floor. Like there's no stable part of the floor. It's moving back and forth, and you have a. It's like hard, like almost harder than some of the most of the Cuphead levels. And you have a chainsaw going back and forth across the level. So like, let's say because the floor is like moving to the right, but the chainsaw is moving to the left. So it's pulling you towards the chainsaw. You go to jump behind, backwards, and you barely jump. And the floor well, the the it's opposite of the way the floor is moving. So apparently that affects your oh. jump somehow drastically. So you go to jump over the chainsaw and you have to time it perfectly. Because how like your jump just barely gets over the chainsaw if you do it at the right thing. And then you have to slash this enemy in front of you. But like like I told you guys, the floor moving affects the trajectory of your jump as well. Yeah. So if, on top of that, you have two laser guns that are moving around the map shooting you and those take like a like a sixth of your health and those things shoot fast so you're like sitting there trying to avoid the floor chainsaw trying to slash the the enemy that is stagnant but if you mistime your jump and you run into him that takes some of your health and then you have two fucking guns shooting lasers at you the entire time and I watched this guy do it on YouTube because I got to that point where I was like, I don't know how to fucking beat this guy. And he made it look so easy. And I spent an hour and I was going crazy. I was throwing my controller against my couch. I was screaming in my apartment like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I was (laughs) laughing because I was like, there's no fucking way. Like I was laughing. I was like, there's no way this is insane. And then at the, at, at the end of me trying, I was like, you know what? I don't, there's no reason for me to try and beat this. There's no benefit for me doing this. And I just turned it off and I'm probably never going to play that game again. Uh, just because like, I enjoyed the game That's so much. Shame. And that final boss is so insurmountable. And you yeah. know what it made me think though, is like, I've heard that, like, I've heard this thrown around the past few years so much and I feel it bothers me. And I've never admitted this, that the amount of, times that people are like oh it's a dark souls you know style difficulty or a dark souls s game because it's difficult it's like no motherfuckers that difficulty has existed <laughs> since the yeah. 80s and 90s oh far along yeah. yeah 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 and it's just like people throw that that term around um yeah it's such a buzzword in gaming but yeah it just it yeah. made me it reminded me wow difficulty that level of difficulty has existed in games for such a long time. And honestly, in some ways, I'm glad that I went through that because then it was a really good reminder that games have yeah. been that difficult for such a long time. Yeah, games have gotten just, so easy over the years. that And then Dark Souls was just a return to that and it became the synonymous idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, I mean, even have you gone back and played the original Donkey Kong? The, it's fucking hard. The timing required yeah. to just to do those jumps is is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's like they're basically all frame perfect jumps. It's it's yeah. I mean yeah, we can ruin all terminology like that. I just use Dark Souls to compare to like everything. Like people come up to me like, "Rich, how's that sandwich?" It's the Dark Souls of sandwiches. Exactly. <laughs> What's that mean? Uh, it means they use Dijon. Really should have gone with brown <laughs> mustard on this one. As I asked the, the Dark guy Souls at the deli of sandwiches. Counter, Give me a ham and Munster and really drive the mustard. Mm-hmm. That's right. 
hey, can I get that uh, six-inch uh, Italian BMT and put some Dark Souls on it? Exactly. Excuse And then the guy said, I've told you this once. I've told you a thousand times. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> That's right. Get out of here, you nut job. But no, it's just, it was a fun game. It was, up until that point, it was such a cool experience because it's rare, like Rich said, it's rare nowadays that you just happen onto games like that and then you just find yourself, like, steadily really engrossed in it it was just a bummer it was a bummer that the final boss ended up being that way and i'm sure i'm like i'll be the first to tell you definitely part of it is a lack of competency on my part i will admit that wholeheartedly but i'm sure it's not an incredibly balanced experience it is not not. shay if i could recommend anything to you at this point uh knowing how much you enjoyed that that remaster of dragon's trap the third wonder boy game really fucking phenomenal really great looking and also it's oddly enough it is a remake but also a remaster if that makes any sense they've completely they've completely redone the animations the graphics and everything but from a you can go back to the old graphics can't you isn't it like a button toggle uh i think so but, but point point being it's it is Input for input, identical, but they've done a lot of things to make it feel better, such as, like, I know a a lot of those old games, you'd kind of slide as you slowed down, but it would, it would, like, you couldn't tell exactly how fast it was like, you just had to learn the feel of it. The animations now give you the sort of feeling of skidding to a stop and turning around and stuff. Um, And they've done a lot of stuff like that to just, it's polished up. Yeah, to make, to make, the feel of the game makes sense. It's something you can just, you can grasp more easily compared to, you know, well, I hit the jump button and then somehow I'm just magically in the air. Um, yeah, they, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good example of a remaster. Um, that, that That's is cool. essentially the same game. Out. Um, I don't have to check that out then. That, yeah. That's a really good point too. Like playing this was, like, oh yeah, I missed so many things about that era of gaming. Like, the visuals were awesome, the music was awesome, but it also made me very much appreciate where we're at now in gaming, because I feel like, in general, things are so much more balanced when you play a game. Yeah. Um, like, Ori, like, for example, is a much more balanced game than this game, because all the challenges from that to the final boss, like, nothing could have prepared me for that final boss, and nothing did. Whereas Ori, you, you know, there's, yeah. a, there's a level of balance there that everything you can be prepared for if you play the game uh, correctly. Yeah. And I don't miss that It still that comes up occasionally. Games. Like, I was talking to it somebody does. the other day about Nino Kuni and how the last mm. boss is, like, all of a sudden, oh, no, you need to be at level cap. <laughs> yeah, like, out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, but, yeah, you're absolutely I right. I hate when those things happen. Um, it was much more prevalent in the 80s and 90s gaming, but... Mm-hmm. For sure. That's my That's my very short analysis breakdown just something that randomly happened out of me editing i was like okay i'll just turn this random game on and i had i had fun (laughs) with it up until that point i i still think that it's a fun good game but just if you don't want to rip your fucking hair out and give yourself an ulcer and a hemorrhoid at the same time just don't fight the final boss trust me i give it two thumbs it's not worth it speaking of remakes and I've, i've not played this yet so there's not much to say but Trials of Mana finally came out, which is I installed mm, it before we started. Yeah, which this. is the remake of Seiken Densetsu Three, which never got a U.S. release, 
unfortunately. No, re- recently it did. Well, yeah, yeah, but, but yeah. Um, when it first came out, just only only yeah, no, only no, no, the yes. Japanese release, and is so good that I'm hoping they haven't managed to screw it up like they have with their other remakes from that series. Um, God, they screwed up Secret of Mana, and I was yeah. Like some of the I'll best games. Back next week on some that. of the best games from the Super Nintendo that they managed to screw up in the remakes. I am, and this is a, like a new 3D remake of of that game, and that's cool. I am, I am hoping, hoping that they've managed to do something, you know, competent with this one. Unlike, uh, yeah. I, I don't know if you'll have played it by next week, Josh, but I'll definitely be able to give All you right. my two cents. Yeah, right yeah, up. no, you need to let me know because. I, I'm not sure if I will uh, have or not by then, but that I know was a lot of people little, are excited like, right before about we that. went to record. I started yeah. downloading it because mm-hmm. I, I love I love love the original. Yeah, yeah. Just so many people have a lot of fond memories of just that the Mana series in general. I know a lot of people like Secret of Mana, and I know a lot of our mutual friends and people we know or people on social media have been really excited for uh, Trials of Mana. So. It'll be interesting to hear your guys' opinions on it. Mm-hmm. I think. Cool, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, one thing that I've really been enjoying is watching Josh play Dirge of Cerberus, which I'd, I never thought I would enjoy. Well. <laughs> I would never thought I would enjoy watching him stream that game, but it's been really fun. I'm enjoying it more than I remember enjoying the game. It's it's got some major issues that I, th- I've come into so many situations where the resolution just does not let you see the enemies that are shooting at you. Um, because it's an older game and like, I'll have to stand out in the open, wait for a shot to hit me and be like, okay, okay. It came from there. And then finally go track down the enemy. Um, because you just can't see them because they're too small. Um, and mm. yeah, like some of this could have been solved by just you know better color schemes, stuff like that. Enemies that stood out more. That game is so dark too. Yeah, uh, when you were setting up, I I remember like I was telling you in chat, I'm like, if there's anything you can do yeah. to like adjust the ratio here, the game like, actually has a gamma slider, which games in that generation didn't have because even they realized, y- you know, we're making a really dark game. And so, yeah, so we just we cranked that gamma slider all the way up. We're like, so, it, yeah. it is really dark. Like part part of the stream, it looked like you were like the game was taking place in just a generic warehouse for part of the game. I was like, oh, this is the warehouse part of the story. Gotcha. They they all went to Home Depot and took everything out there and decided to shoot each other. Nope, that's just Midgar. Yep. Um, but like other than that, the game plays better than I remembered. Like it's not it's not great. It's got some really dumb control decisions that are frustrating, such as for whatever reason, whenever you let off of your aiming thumbstick, it springs back just a little, just a little. So you think you get it where you want, and then it backs up. So it's not (laughs) where you wanted it anymore. And that has taken a long time to get used to, because it is Well, the gun is sentient, right? Has a mind of its own. no and uh yeah but like other other than that (laughs) just like the kind of the general rpg mechanics 
um, just going through levels of shooting. Not bad. They're they're not bad. The melee sort of combat feels good, other than being kind of similar to a lot of games of the t- of the time where it's it's not forgiving. Like if you're not there's no there's no aim assist to get your attack that you think is pointing straight at the enemy to to line up with them. If if you're kind of you know. 15 degrees off you'll just swing right by them um which that's fine that's just a, th- a thing of the time it t- took a while to get used to because i'm used to games just fixing that for you oh yeah we we know what you meant we'll, we'll just go ahead and i mean uh, Bat- you try yeah batman has taught me that everything within a 40 meter radius is you basically you're locked on to um in Batman's defense, you can't really take on 60 thugs unless there's going to be some kind of helpful guidance system for a game like yes, that. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been way more fun than I remembered. Um, I'm, I've been enjoying my what's time weird, with it. The, uh, what's I'm weird about excited that time? to continue <clears throat> watching that. <laughs> <laughs> what's weird about that time period, Josh, is I remember being so hungry for Final Fantasy that I would have played anything with Final Fantasy in the title. There was like this weird like kind of dry period there yeah. uh, between 10 and 12 finally dropping. Cause 11 was sort of a, you know, kind of a bust for a lot of people. And they came out with a lot of those side games. And I think 10, two was a thing even in there as well, which I didn't yeah. dislike, but I was just so hungry for final fantasy. I remember buying that game, beating it in like a day and then uh, just trading it back in. So, yeah. 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 The, the gameplay I've been enjoying. It's been it's been fun. It's got issues, like I said, but they're mostly just control issues. It's a lot of there's a lot in this game that I think if they just re-released it, just ported it, did basically nothing Thanks to it, shooting. but put a yeah. you know full res camera in there, it would just work better because you'd be able to see the enemies at a distance shooting at you and stuff like that. They they'd have Steam to fix went? the springing back of the aiming. But other than that, a lot of it still would basically just work better by just allowing you to see what you're supposed so to you're be seeing. So you're saying the story's not bad? Is that no, what you're the saying? The story is bizarre because it's essentially there was this, you know, CIA unit of Shinra that you you thought you killed them all off when they were trying to destroy the planet. You didn't kill them all off, and they're trying to destroy the planet again. Is basically the story. Um, which is so weird because that shouldn't outwardly be Shinra's goal. Yeah, but it somehow is. Um, <laughs> also, um, and I'm going to say this with a caveat because I know a lot of people care about Final Fantasy VII proper spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, skip ahead two minutes if you don't want to hear Final, from the original Final Fantasy VII. Is it, like, the big weird revelation of this that, like, Hojo's alive? <laughs> I think so. I'm not to that part in the game, but it is, oddly enough... It, the weirdest thing about all of this is that, I, and you kind of get some of this in Seven to begin with. Again, spoilers, but Vincent's whole character arc is he, you know, got jealous that, you know, the girl he liked, you know, had a baby with Hojo, and so he has to go kill the baby daddy. And she only did it because he was like, "Sorry, we can't." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking typical. Yeah, God, these men, but it's, it's bizarre that worst. Vincent's whole wasn't, arc is, well, I gotta go kill that baby daddy. And wasn't his whole reasoning for not wanting to be with her that, like, he found out she was involved with his dad at some point? It's a strange story. It's it's bizarre. Now that I can get behind. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, it's very. But ho- to be fair, Hojo just wanted the baby so he could pump it full of mako. Yeah, so he could experiment on it. It's like no, <laughs> nobody's gonna give it me their baby so right I can now. experiment on it. I'm gonna have to make my own. I really wish they did this story in like a framing device where like Vincent's explaining what happened to everyone and like Cloud's like, wait, somebody slept with Hojo. Yeah. No, no, like, like the, the whole thing would like be amazing like, in like a in like Hojo a Judge like? Judy or a, or some other some creepy, sort of man. setting like that where they he has to explain his rationale <laughs> he has to a, a to a disaffected <laughs> judge or or talk it's show a television host. Like, so, you know, yeah. that guy, the guy who's always like really hunched over and greasy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I remember at the time, even though the game wasn't great, people got such a boner for Vincent that they were like, "Oh shit, a Vincent game." So I was down with it, and I was very excited for that game at the time. Yeah, yeah, but it's been it's How been fun. How quickly did your? So. <laughs> Sorry. All right, that's good. Don't you feel like sometimes going back and even like the mediocre games of your can hold up better today because you know our expectations oh. are lower of them. I think like Ye- at the time I was like, this is gonna be the next fucking game to set the world on fire. But like now I'm like, oh yeah, that kind of bad Final Fantasy VII spinoff. Yeah. Let's see what we can get out of it. Yeah. Well, like, and yeah. And we're in a place now where it's like interesting to us from like a historical perspective, you know? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I, I do. I want to see this game get a remake, not a remaster. Not, like, not, not, sorry, not a remake, but just a remaster. Like, a port. They need, yeah, just port it to PC um, so you can just play it with a higher res camera. It would totally. Yeah. It would be fun. Like you don't have to up-res, you don't have to up-res the cutscenes. Just leave it as is. Like, yeah. Maybe take out Kate's accent. I don't. As long as you're doing <laughs> some work. Uh, that's pretty great. Well, you can go to Twitch.tv/swordchomp and you can watch Josh stream mm-hmm. that over the next coming. Yeah, weeks, so. I might be finishing that up on Wednesday. Not sure. It feels like I'm at the end, but it doesn't feel like I've done enough to be anywhere near the end. So. Based off what we talked about, I'm not sure you're. I don't as think close I'm near the think, end but... either. But like, I'm at the mission that they've built up to be the end is where I'm at. I, I which I think is like halfway the, through. This as is I the recall. end. So it's just going to lead into the reveal I talked about, giving you who the <laughs> yeah real exactly because no no they do that. It's a again spoilers. When does Gak show again? Up? Spoilers. The whole Hojo thing is bizarre because it's a storyline you knew from reading logs and stuff in Final Fantasy VII. But then in Dirge of Cerberus, the first half of the game, they hide his face like you're not going to recognize who this person is. Also. (laughs) Without the context of seeing his face, even though it was a PS1 game. How are you going to recognize his face in the first place? I I also think he has like two gun blades in that final fight. (laughs) Oh, dude. Yeah, is that when he goes like all Super Saiyan with like the bright... Well, he, he dumps his mind in another body because his mind is yes. in a computer, yeah. and he's like, "It's Gak's jack- body." <laughs> he's got two yes. katana yeah. like gun blades. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. they just like <laughs> yeah. No, it goes off the rails in all the best ways. It's Old. also Vincent attains his true like vampire chaos form. Yeah, and he gets a gun called Death Penalty that shoots laser beams. Yep. Yeah. It's actually pretty awesome now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> and yet somehow Red Dead doesn't do anything for you. Well, thank you for playing uh, the Final Fantasy VII uh, Dirge of Cerberus. I'm also off. streaming FF6, but that'll probably end up going a lot longer than uh, than uh, <laughs> probably Josh's stream. 
Yeah. Oh, that's been fun too. I forgot how much happens at the beginning of that game. Like how quick that, it that's is. Where, yeah. yeah. Like I, I, I can't believe in that one session that was maybe two and a half, three hours. Um, I already have four party members. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, speaking of parties, Rich, you're having yes. an Earth Day kind of party, aren't you? In Animal Crossing? Uh, yeah. Party I, for the Earth. The new Animal Crossing update dropped uh, today, which is a pretty chunky one. Um, and I was actually surprised at how much I managed to get done. And I said today, but it dropped yesterday. I just have no sense of what time is. Uh, so, I mean, the Earth Day event stuff is going on, which is like you're getting bonus Nook Miles for some of these Earth Day themed uh, tasks. But the actual stuff they added via like the larger update is the more interesting stuff to me. Um, for starters, Leaf the Sloth now shows up with a gardening stall mm -hmm. in much the same way like Kix or Mabel will show up and he's introduced shrubbery and these uh, sort of hedge fences into the game. Uh, so I've started getting some shrubs. Also, Leaf is a man who's down with the ganja. He pays double for weeds. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a good way to make a little extra money. Mm. And the other big part of this update is uh, if everyone's familiar with towards the back of your island, you sort of had a, a secret shady beach. Yeah. Uh, now, every once in a while, much like the way these these uh, merchants show up, Jolly Reg Treasure Trawler will show up, which is this clunky looking ship. Um, I haven't actually been able to board the ship yet, but I was loading in late last night, probably around midnight. And when I was in the loading screen, you know how it shows you that like clip of your town square or, or whatever? Yeah. I saw Red walking around the town square, so I was like, oh, fuck. I gotta see what's Damn. up here. Uh, so I went there, and he was in my town. He introduced himself. And he tried to sell me a painting for, like, four million bells. And I was like, what? No, that's insane. And he's like, all right, all right, I'll cut you a deal. And then he sold it to me for 4000 instead. You know, really nice guy. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I went to check it out. I saw his boat was on the island, but I couldn't board it because my character was like, I should find out who this belongs to before I go snooping around. Um, Red has not been back since, but the big revelation with that was the painting he sold me, I was able to bring to Blathers. Museum. I donated it to him, and he was inspired to open a, an art wing in the museum. So yeah. today my museum is closed. It's under construction. That's uh, cool. And tomorrow it's going to open with the new art wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So it's probably going to look mostly the same, but I like the idea that, other than the new wing, of course, but... The exterior um, looks a little different uh, from images I've seen of it. Uh, but then, yeah, it looks like it's going to go up and into the art wing, which I'm excited because that adds... The museum's one of my favorite parts of Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. And just adding more to that is fantastic. Uh, Red, to my understanding, is going to work kind of the way he's always worked in past Animal Crossing games. Or you sometimes get go a into his shop. bogus painting. Yeah, you kind of got to look... Um, <laughs> Like, I saw actually one, somebody posted one on Reddit that I was dying at where, like, I bought a fake creation of man uh, from Red, and the, like, way to spot that it's a fake is it has a coffee stain on it. Yeah. But, like, I, I bought it because joke's on him. <laughs> I just wanted to put it in my house. Yeah. It's like that episode of Friends. Where they buy the fake painting. You guys remember that, right? No. My wife forced me to watch all of Friends. I've I seen all of Friends, but that doesn't even seem like I, a I remember the one where me. Jason Alexander has to try to buy his painting back from a. Uh, oh, that's funny. That's from Seinfeld. A, yeah, from a uh, from a, yeah. an, a uh, uh, an auction because it's, you know, 
him standing there in his underwear. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that one. Much, much better show. There um, was like a counterfeit. Yeah. I like Seinfeld more than Friends for sure. But then again, I've been rewatching Curb. I love Dude Curb. So it's new curb just feels a little too written for me, but I, I respect oh, it. Oh, I'm I'm okay. I, I get what you mean by that. Um I'm still very down with it. Uh one of my biggest curb regrets always is I think back to the season where they did the Seinfeld reunion and they basically yeah. wrote an entire Seinfeld reunion and I'm like, they, they should have just put it out. They should have just released that. It was there. It was there. Yeah, it's it's yeah. It's one of those shows that maybe a lot of people that have HBO like really like if you're into that will love and appreciate it, but it, you know it can only go it can only be so big because it's HBO to some degree and it's already kind of weird. It's not like you can get Curb your enthusiasm on Netflix. Although I think Curb is on Amazon Prime as well. Um, I want no. If you have, I have HBO as a plug-in on Amazon Prime, yeah. and that's how I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. Well, they they go back and forth, and that's it might have been available one time, but yeah, that's not a safe way to do it. I yeah, Cur- dude, Curb was like it's gonna make me sound like such a weirdo. Curb was like my go-to. I'd like get stoned and watch TV show when I was younger. Um, going all the way back to even torrenting the original episode Pants Tent um, as a as a uh, I was, must have been like nineteen twenty years old or something. And just being like, I this Larry David guy is like, I want to be like him when I'm older. I want to be this man. Um, but my the funniest, my favorite thing about Kirby Enthusiasm, though, is my wife despises it. She thinks it's mean. She thinks it's stupid. She thinks it's annoying. And she hates his face. So I love to I like... I love Larry <laughs> David so much. I know. I don't and, get it. I and again, this is one of those things, like, I really got my dad into Curb a few years back. And, like, he, I was trying to, like, talk to him about it because I feel like he just didn't understand, like, Larry David or his humor to a point. And I'm like, you really love Seinfeld. I'm like, but, like, what people don't realize who don't know who Larry David is, like, the entire, like, shtick of Seinfeld is, like, Larry David's shtick. Like, that's not even what Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up is like. Exactly. That's not what he's like as a person. Mm-hmm. Larry Larry David actually was one of my biggest inspirations when I was podcasting for, like, when I would have ideas because he said that when he was writing Seinfeld, he would always carry a tiny like old school notepad on him um and whenever he would have an idea he'd write it down and there i think there's even an episode in curb where he loses his notepad yeah um and so like whenever so that's i i i don't have a notepad but i kind of treat my phone the same way like anytime i have an idea i have a special like folder where it's like that's where the the idea goes yeah it's the same principle Mm -hmm. yeah it start it started with uh a thing I read from him. I'll, so I'll, whenever I think of like Larry doing good digs at himself, like one of my favorite ongoing jokes is for I think most people know this at this point that in Seinfeld the George Costanza character is largely based on Larry David, and especially in early Curb they always do this bit where people talk about how George is an unlikable schmuck, and Larry's like, "What do you mean? What, what are you talking about?" They're like, hey, "He's just a real schmuck. Like you know, he's a, he's a Takes jerk. He's mean." And he's like, well, <laughs> he's what, do you, "What do you mean he's a jerk?" <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, and I do. You must get a little extra out of it being like a a New Yorker, right? You get a little extra. I mean, Curb is based in California, I think, right? Yeah. Um, but Seinfeld, of course. Yeah. It's New York, so maybe that's what it is. It's great. If you've never seen Curb Enthusiasm, you should go try it. It's on HBO. It's true. It's very dry. This is an ad. <laughs> <laughs> a woman. <laughs> yeah, it it really is, man. I 
Anyways, um, that's cool. I, my mom actually messaged me the other day. She didn't understand the Earth Day update, so I'll have to take this information to her. She's like, Morgan, how does the Earth Day update work in Animal Crossing? Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> there's basically bonus, like, for doing Earthy stuff, you're getting bonus Nook Miles at this point. But things like Leaf and all that, like, those are just updates that are there to stay. Like, yeah. he's going to be one of the merchants who comes around. A lot of it's just new permanent stuff. So okay, okay, yeah. new stuff happening, and, and yeah, I yeah. would suspect that much like New Leaf, and much like the way it worked with Mabel and all that, if you buy enough from Leaf after he you know hangs around your village for a few days, I would bet you he sets up a permanent flower shop. Yeah. My, my biggest disappointment is that I love that game, but I haven't been able to play very much. I log in for like twenty minutes a day because when I have free time, I've been trying to do Sword Chomp stuff or catch up on Final Fantasy VII or play Ori or some of these other things like Banjo. And it sucks because I I lost my time to play that game, but it'll come back around. Well, that's why yeah. I put put my Switch in my car and the time at work I would normally use to cry real quick, <laughs> I just play some Animal Crossing. It's <laughs> a pro tip. That's a life tip, life hack. Yeah. You're, you're sitting there, you're sitting there, like, in your seat, and you're, like, building it up. You start to feel the tremors of just the rage and the sadness, and then you look over, and then you see your switch there, and you you slowly stop shaking, and then you stop, and then take a few seconds, deep breath, grab your switch, and you're like, I've always got you, sweetie. And then you boot it up, and then you're good to go. You'd never mm-hmm. hurt me, sweetie. <laughs> Sweet, you'd you'd never you'd never fuck your boss, would you? Um, you'd never right. fuck my best friend, would you? <laughs> I got personal. You'd never steal my lunch out of the refrigerator. Uh, all right, so. Yeah, that's cool. People, honestly, like I saw an article the other day that Animal Crossing was the probably because of the quarantine, it was the best-selling digital download of all time, which is pretty crazy. Um, and also makes me wonder if the Last of Us people developers are a little feeling a little silly about their not releasing it digitally thing. But uh, whatever, because they could have made buku money. But you know, Animal Crossing became you know the thing at the time. You know, everyone was playing. All my friends. I still, even though I haven't been playing it that much, I log in to check the store every day. You know, like just to see what's for sale um, and who's in my town. I still notice all my friends are still on Animal Crossing. So people seem to still be playing it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. The horse is moving out tomorrow. Pretty stoked for that. Fuck that horse. By the way, I smacked all my people with nets for hours and they didn't leave. Oh, you so got to do that for a lie. long time. And you should that's go just, pop. Just ignore them. You don't have yeah, to hit them with that's nets. That's the easiest just way. Stop talking to well, them. Oh, yeah, also go file yes. complaints with Isabel. Mm-hmm. I tried that too. It makes you feel like a monster when you hit people with a net for a week and then nobody leaves. You're like, Jesus Christ, what am I doing? Raymond tried to leave my town today and I swear to God. You cannot let Raymond leave. He's a no, hot commodity. He is Have worth a lot how, of money. How much money he's going for. Look, Raymond is cool, but I'm going to be honest. Well, if you want a horse, you need to come to my village tonight and ask her to move in. You want to get, you no, want no, to, she's to, moving out tomorrow. You want to pick up your like, shitty horse you don't No, like? no, that's your window. If you want to pick up somebody else's villager, you have to come to their town yeah. and be like, hey, come with me. I'm going to keep oh, you yeah, safe, yeah. baby girl. But your horse is a cast off. You don't want Oh, Renee anymore. sucks so hard. I feel that. I, uh, um, do you guys see there's one of those great posts that uh, <laughs> it was like my Animal Crossing villagers sprints at me to hand me a T-shirt they found. Also, my Animal Crossing villagers, when I talk to them more than twice in a day. Whoa, geez, you're really clingy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's so fucking true. Yeah, Frobert, like the first time we're like best friends and then I talked to him again. He's like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? 
Hey, like, why don't you fuck off? That's that's fucked up though, because me and Frobert, we had a sexual thing, and that's how I get. You know, I get well, attached yeah, and, once we have sex. You know sex. what? Morning came. He gave you cab fare. Get the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, it was cold. It that's was like thing. he took a Frobert took a page from the Shay Layton book. Frobert, right? Frobert came, and he was like, he's hitting his wrist like at his imaginary watch, like. <laughs> He's like, I got a work go. meeting in like an hour. We gotta <laughs> figure out. We gotta figure out how we're gonna circumnavigate these turnip prices right now. You still here for a bit? You still here for a bit? I'm still here. If you're expecting breakfast, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> well, his breakfast. I ain't gross. cooking it's shit like, for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm not into the whole insect at, uh, before noon. I'm not into insects before noon. It's a weird thing to say. Oh. Fried. Well, he's a frog, so. No, I understood. <laughs> it was weird for you to. <laughs> well, Josh gave me a weird thing. Like, it was... you never know that the Animal Crossing villagers might be an insect. Might be a thing they do. Didn't they used to have horns? Am I crazy about that? I thought the villagers. No, that used was to a hat. Horns. Oh, it was a hat with horns. I want to get that hat back. Huh. Can you get that hat? I don't know, man. I don't know what that one game. in particular. I'm sure you can. I found a bunch of other helmets and weird stuff. Well, I'm sure you could get like a legit Viking helmet because that's yeah, basically sh- what it was. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you can find that. I've not seen a Viking helmet yet, but I'm sure it's there. In uh, the past, there's been like official Nintendo character stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm no, sure I've I, got I like had a most of the new leaf. Yeah, I've got most of the Tingle outfit. Uh, I, I'm yeah. maybe maybe Link outfit. I'm not sure what they're going with, but on the villager, it's a Tingle yet, outfit. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's kind of the same outfit, outfit, but yeah, on the villager, it's a, definitely a tingle outfit. There was a link outfit in New Leaf, and I had all of that. With the Shovel Knight shuttle? Mm-hmm. I shovel. also had the Master Sword in my basement. I think I remember. Yeah, those are yeah. the good old days. I remember that shit. All right, anyway, speaking of um, Master Swords, uh, if you would like to support master us, swords. patreon.com slash swordchomp. Um, yeah, I could not. I was trying to really spin my wheels for some sort of correlation there. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. A bunch of tiers where you can get it on the ground floor and be a part of Chomp Nation. We're going to end the show here with one poll. I did it this week in particular, and I'm glad I did because we have a beefy show. There was only one poll this week, and it was a beefy one about the presidential election here in America. But even if you're not in America, you're probably familiar with our president. Uh, and I asked our audience, who did they think was going to win the election this year. Not who did they want to win, but who did they think was going to win the election? Just just to be interesting. Or, or just it would be interesting to see what people said. Now, for reference here, me and Shay Layton have a going bet here, which I really feel like I got the better end of because I get the I get the route for Trump to lose and not get shaved bald. Shay has to either pick one of those things. He has to either root for Trump to win or root to go bald. Um, but one of us is going to be bald after the election. And that was because we I think that Trump will lose and Shay does not want Trump to win, but he believes that Trump will win. And our followers were mostly split, but then they did give the nod or in the prediction to uh, thinking that Trump would retain the title um, as the yep. title. <laughs> it sounds like a strange thing. Well, he is WWE I world mean, champion. When the shoe fits. <laughs> I mean, he, he, did he or did he not have Vince McMahon? As one of the 
future advisors for opening sports up in the country. Kind of did. Vince McMahon's wife is in his cabinet because we live in a reality that is in shambles. Uh-huh. 56% of our audience said Trump. They think will win. Now, if this brings you any sort of comfort, depending on what side you're on, a lot of people message me saying that they voted that they think Trump would win, but they will not vote for him. Um, they would rather die. So I have a lot of people saying that they that's who they thought they'd win, but they would never, ever vote for him, well, which does give me comfort. I don't know. I mean, after these bleach announcements, a lot of the people that would vote for Trump might be dead by next week. That's true. So there is hope. You know, I was personally never going to vote for, for Trump, but I know we had a lot of conversations privately about whether Biden would even be a good candidate and all this back and forth, back and forth. Uh, and of course my wife, I was talking to her about it, and her logic is like, I don't care what Biden is. He's better than what we have. Oh, so no, I, be- I agree with that. Like Biden would not have been my choice by any stretch of the imagination, but it, it can't be Trump again. So you're yeah, saying like, no matter how bad Biden is, you're voting for like, even if Biden came out tomorrow and was like, I eat newborns. Um, and I, I actually am the, the physical embodiment of Satan. I'd be like, well, let's see, let's wait and see what his policies are. Yeah. (laughs) Let's roll the dice. Let's give that a shot. It's like, that's change I can believe in. He he did just tweet that, like, he doesn't think anyone should drink bleach. And I was like, all right, I can get behind that. (laughs) That's a solid platform. Yeah. I never thought that the non-drinking of bleach would be a platform you'd have to get behind. Um, I, it's, I, it's going to be nice to have, I'll vote for sexual grandpa, a president who actually (laughs) will appear present, you know, like a professional at some point. Um, and hopefully that's, I would like the, the thing, man, that some of those, the Twitter thing really, really set was really weird for me this week when I saw, uh, when Trump was going off on, I mean, his Twitter's notorious for being awful, but when he was like, say like, liberate Michigan, <laughs> liberate, I was like, good God. This is, I thought that was for sure. Not real. I thought for sure that was not a real tweet. Yeah. It's even worse and when look you at realize that he accidentally said that because he was retweeting the name of some white power group from one of those States who were just using their own name in their tweets about the thing. So he was just Classic saying, Trump. hey, we need more of those white power groups in all these other states. Which, uh, yeah, somehow makes even more sense. It, it makes more logical sense for his standpoint. It might be uh-huh. more troubling, though. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Well, hopefully, our child nation is wrong. Shay, you've been pretty quiet. You know, Nothing you want to add to this? I'm trying to do my best not to just unload like I, yeah. I unloaded I've unloaded a few times this episode so I'm trying to hot you know what here's here's the one thing I will say I hope I sincerely hope I'm wrong and I end up having to shave my head in November I truly truly do I, I don't think I'm gonna to be shaving November. my head but I sincerely hope I do maybe you look great bald maybe you have a good head for baldness I uh, well we can only hope that I find out here in November. I sincerely hope that I find out whether my head looks good or not bald. And I'll how leave does, it at that. How does cool. bald play in Japan? Uh, actually, many, many, uh, many, many women are afraid of bald men. <laughs> oh, no. So hmm. that'll be good for you. Yeah. That sounds healthy. 
So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to wear a cool Adidas hat or a nice um My Hero Academia hat <laughs> or something. I think it's you should get a My Hero Academia wig. Yeah. Hey, there we go. This green hair. Oh, that's totally natural. I was thinking more of more of All Might's insane hair. Yeah. Oh, okay, that too. I don't think wearing the hat would be that weird, but you know, during sex, it is going to be a little weird when you still have the hat on. Um, Do you guys not wear hats during sex? <laughs> That's like one of the only times I wear hats <laughs> and socks for traction. <sighs> All right. I really enjoyed my own joke there. <laughs> so, it took me a second to get it because I was trying to find a way to make a joke about it being so bright when you're. I'm popping them off left and right that you have to wear, you know. There's no hat. sexy way to take socks off. <laughs> Bullshit. 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 <laughs> Bullshit. Go ahead. High high socks when a woman takes those off? No, no, no. For me, <sighs> for me as a man in ankle socks. Well, get some thigh high socks. Uh, I, they just yeah, keep that's tearing. The my my washing machine's not good with them, and they keep tearing. Mm, okay, yeah. well here's the other thing you can do, Rich. I mean, you need to just you need to put on some muscle, take your sock, and just rip it off of your foot every time. Just rip them off, and your burgeoning burly biceps. I like where's, that alliteration there. Where's this sock just, money coming from? Uh, Hey, I'm not the, I'm not the the person who puts plans into motion. I'm the idea guy here. That's all I'm saying. You just rip your socks off and your muscles are rippling and then the women are like, "Oh dear." Ooh. And then you're good to go. <laughs> that was a really great impression of a woman in awe. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Oh, you my are. stars! Are they yeah. all clutching their pearls? <laughs> That's what my mom my says. Oh dear. Clutching my pearls. Yeah. So now we know his type is women who grew <laughs> up in the 1940s. <laughs> More like the 1840s. Women, women on their way to the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I ever tell you guys hat. about Instead the fun, the fun dude, like naked, Kentucky but just derby. a Kentucky Derby hat would be pretty great. I'm not. Gonna you you know, like that'd be amazing. But I was gonna say about the 1840s women like nowadays we hear oh fuck me daddy fuck me but back then it was like oh pa just nothing else it's just the left is left to your imagination just fuck me pa, oh, pa, pa. Fuck me, pa. <laughs> no it's not fuck me pa. i, I tell you guys oh I, pa there's in in new york there is it's, it's not the kentucky derby but you know what during one of those big uh derby horse racing events there's always people in new york city for it and they're all dressed like that, like they're goddamn Southern Bells and shit on their way to this event. And I happen to always find myself in Penn Station on that day, not knowing what day it is. And I'm looking around like I'm like, did I go through a fucking time machine? Like, it's the most. Con and then it dawns on you what's happening. And it's like, oh, OK. Wait, what's going on, Rich? What, what's Dude. doing? Uh, horse racing. Dude, that sounds I've never man. That's what. See, those are the things you okay. see in New York. They just. No, it's not I just never New seen York, the horses. Dude. Let me tell. Let me tell. I had a I had a fucking story for you guys. So, about a year and a half, almost two years ago now, um, I was gonna go to a bar with one of my friends to watch some live music. Um, and he's like, "Oh, I think it's at this bar." So, you know, we met up at one of these stations, and we were going there, and we walked to this bar. And the second we walk in, it's like 
1920s 1930s like swing music and like swing jazz and i'm like welcome to new egg well i was like what the hell is going on and i look over after like we're about to pay and there are all these japanese men and women dressed up in 1920s 30s garb some of them look like newsies and shit like that and they were fucking swing dancing i was like where the hell am I right now? It was amazing, but Shit's I was wild. like, where the hell am I? Like they were like it's just this pocket of people just dressed as 1920s American style, 1930s American style uh average people and I, and they're all dancing and I was like this is incredible. Like had I not accidentally gone to the wrong bar with my friend, I would have never known this exists in Japan. It was really freaking cool. <laughs> Our weird American that's pretty ways. fucking wild. That's <laughs> uh, funny. There's people that would be out there that would sort of fetishize the 1920s American. Um, that's interesting. I love economic collapse. <laughs> Who doesn't? It's a All good right, time so, to be into that. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of collapse, let's get out of here. Um, it's been a fun show and it's been a lengthy one. I didn't get to talk about Banjo Kazooie, but that's okay. I'll save it for next week. Uh, I have, I strangely have a lot to say about that game, <laughs> but uh, this show has been long enough. I want to thank Josh for joining us from Michigan, Shay from Japan, Rich from New York, and of course, I'm joining here from Montana. And it's getting late. Again, you can support us at patreon.com slash swordchomp if you'd like. Rate us. We're on iTunes. Subscribe. We're happy to have you as part of Chomp Nation. It's it's a big, beautiful family. We'll see you next week for an all-new Chomp game.